Cinemodities, late night movies with Robin Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And this week on Cinemodities, we would like to bring you kind of our last formal discussion on Unsolved Mysteries, our last episode where we're going to be hitting four more great segments for us to talk about. Just to remind everybody, these segments are all from our themed discs. Today we're talking about some from UFOs, some from murder, some from psychics. It's going to be good. Uh, so I, I think we should just jump right into it. Uh, we, everyone, I think, knows the pattern. We're going with a dual selection to start. And we are talking about the UFOs segment, The Blob. So I, I think I want to start by pointing out that this is actually on UFOs. Nothing really flies in this segment, though. I would say this is one case where the F stands for falling. This is an unidentified <laughs> falling object, right? Yeah, I think that'd be the, the best way to characterize it. Okay, well, I, I did want to pick your brain real quick, Zach, because we've said it about other things. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, Zach's been amazed at how some things didn't get on to these discs, or they're placed very strangely. One... Why do you think this one got on there? Like, is this a famous Unsolved Mysteries segment? And two, why would it be on UFOs? Like, what, Like, do you? Th I think it might have been better on Legends or something like that. You have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it's filler. I think okay. whoever this was liked this segment and figured we need to put this somewhere, so let's put it here. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of that on the disc where it's like, why is this here? Mm -hmm. Why again? A lot of times it's like. A, why is this segment even on this box? And a lot of times, why is it here and not on another one? Yeah. Um, Strange Legends, I don't know. Because, again, it's kind of like when you think about, like, Huey Long and, I don't know, like the like, um, RFK picks. Some of those mm -hmm. segments are like, wh wh why is this here? Yep. <laughs> it's like, why is this even here? Why This is not a Strange Legend. And... I think that's just what it is. It's somebody's like, okay, I like this. I need. It's kind of like what we do on here on Cinemodities. It's like we want to talk about something. We fit a round peg into a square hole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We just, we yeah, just that's a, that's shove a good it and make it work. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Right on. Well, I'm glad they included this in the in the box sets. I really like this segment. Like I said, it's a dual selection. Um, so Zach liked it as well. Should I get into some some summary? Should we start with that to frame what the hell the blob is? If anyone's yes. thinking it's, it's the blob that ate everything. <laughs> All right. Well, in August of 1994, in the town of Oakville, Washington, uh, one day it just started to rain torrentially. But the people pretty quickly figured out that it wasn't regular rain. It was just this weird jello, gelatinous material falling from the sky. Um I think in the segment, they actually say it blankets something like 20 square miles. So this is yeah. not a localized event. Like, this whole town is getting rained on by goo. And then after the goo stops, or, you know, I think on the instances of it stops, because I think the goo occurs a few times over the course of a few weeks, people start to get sick. Um, some people's pets die, things like that. So this goo is just... No good for anybody, it seems. And that's the mystery. What is this goo? Um, 
I think that's really, you know, what the segment sets it up as. And then they, they go on as they, I feel they should try and talk about some of the possible solutions or theories for what this goo was. But before we get into that, Zach, have you ever heard of this? Any story like this before? Like weird goo falling from the sky? Uh, I can't think of any specific instance, but there's always been stories about things that just fall out of the sky. There's, there's again, folk tales and just weird sort of adventure. Oh, people claim this weird thing fell out of the sky. Or, oh, it's a time when it rained this. It's like you hear stories like that, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really mean much. Uh, the blob, I, again, I don't remember this segment when it originally aired. It kind of, it's, it's a weird segment because it's an, I think it's another example of if you only knew what the government did. Like, yeah. this, feels, this reeks of like government d- did something. Definitely. Because uh, I don't know. This is just, this is a uh, peculiar segment. I think that some of the segments, you know, I like the, um, some of the more spooky segments. Those mm-hmm. are my, my favorites on an entertainment level. These are more stimulating on a mental level because it's like what could on earth could this be yes i agree with that completely and that's i think primarily the reason why i liked this segment because i love just the just the experiment to think about what the hell could have actually fallen on this town and when i first watched this segment uh, i immediately remembered a, a similar segment from mysteries at the museum uh now i i sent that segment over to zach did you get a chance to watch that one of course. Okay, so we'll get into that segment a little later when we talk about some of the theories. Um, but very similarly, in Kentucky in 1876, so over 100 years before the goo story from Unsolved Mysteries, uh, there was a, a little farm where it rained raw meat onto this farm. And when I saw this segment about the goo, that instantly popped into my head as another story of just weird stuff falling from the sky. And that's same thing I loved about that segment, just thinking about what the hell could this stuff be? Now, in the, the raw meat instance, nobody got sick. So it didn't have the properties of the goo that gave people, like, inner ear infections, and I don't think any farm animals died. They, If you remember, Zach, they actually talk about it in the Mysteries of the Museum segment People ate the meat that fell out of the sky. Yeah. That's, I think that, I think that dates it. Like that lets you know it's before the 1900s, right? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, uh, I guess it's not surprising. Them, they taste like, some say it tasted like bear. Other yeah. ones say it tasted like platypus. <laughs> it's like, it's like, ew. Eating stuff that falls out of the sky. Ew, I don't know where that's been. Yeah, that's that's incredibly strange. I I probably would not try that. <laughs> but before we get into some of the theories, which I really like from that mysteries at the museum segment, um, you know, they give us they drop some information on us in the unsolved mysteries one about the goo, about what they find in it. And I think the first thing they reveal is that when they send it off for testing, scientists find human white blood cells and two types of bacteria that come from the human digestive tract. So there's human, kind of human cells in this stuff that's falling to the ground. That threw me for a loop. I didn't really expect that when I was watching this segment. Yeah, and that's the thing that's always made me think about. That obviously it's some sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say fecal matter, but it's something that maybe it's, I don't know. Like, again, I, I'm by no means an expert on this type of thing. When it comes to talking about Bigfoot and, and weird creatures, that's kind of my forte into this. So I, it's got to be again. When they, when they, I think the everybody thinks like, okay, it's stuff in the digestive system, and that's why they bring mm-hmm. it up in the episode. 
that it's probably, oh, it's waste from an airplane. Well, yeah, that's that's the first thing that I thought of, was that that can't be how human waste from airplanes is handled. But I think very comically, I've laughed at this every time I've watched this segment now, when Robert Stack starts to talk about the FF, the FAA's comment, the, F- the FAA tells the members of Oakville that it couldn't be human waste because human waste is dyed blue by regulation. So the airline, the airlines don't even, or the government doesn't even say, no, we don't drop waste. They say it's not, it can't be waste because it's not the right color. So that made me question that maybe they are dumping waste from airplanes. Who knows? <laughs> can think about it. it could, if, if this is being jettisoned from the airplane, it could very easily not be dyed blue. Mm-hmm. I like how yeah. that, their immediate thing is like, "Oh no, it's not dyed blue." That's that's why it's not. It's not the fact that wait, they're dumping they're dumping stuff in the air. That's that's yeah. allowed. Oh, it's so comical. <laughs> but but the weird thing about this is that I think it's the consistency, which is the 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 odd part of all this, the the gelatinous nature of it. Yes, and that it is, or at least you know, it's portrayed and and told. The story's told that it's somewhat um, transparent. Like it is jello, you can eat, light passes through it to some extent. Very different from you know raw meat that fell on the ground. You can kind of tell what that is immediately. This would this would weird anybody out. And that's the thing that makes it so weird because you're trying to rationalize it in your head, like oh, what on earth could this be from like day to day experiences or just living life? And I don't think you can do that with this. I don't think there's anything other than a clear jello. Yeah, that, would, that you could that you would have you could rationalize this with. It'd have to be something that's either. Something that's been manipulated through a chemical process. Yes. Yeah, I think that is, you know, what the the most uh, believable explanation is, that they had to go undergo some process. And that's the problem I have with the big theory that Unsolved Mysteries kind of comes to rest on, uh, that it's, the government was doing something, so that I buy. But it seems that the town believes that the government was testing bombs underwater, and it was blowing up jellyfish. Like, tons and tons of jellyfish, and that's what was falling from the sky. I mean, maybe you'd get that jelly, goo-like consistency, but that wouldn't add human white blood cells to a jellyfish. And so, yeah, that seems just kind of unreasonable of of an explanation for me. Yeah, that sounds like a government answer to shut people up. Yes. Uh, As it turns out, in, in some of my research, apparently the government blowing up jellyfish theory is accepted by the town. The town loves that theory so much that they actually have, like, um, a festival about jellyfish, and there's a jellyfish drink that you can actually find a recipe for online that involves vodka, jello, and juice that comes out of Oakville bars. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I don't know... I don't know why they fell in love with that theory. That's not a great theory, but I guess they might have just wanted an excuse to drink vodka and Jello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Uh, that that sounds like that, that sounds like a gimmick. Somebody they, they could probably much like other towns that we'll discuss when it comes to their event in, in paranormal history. This sounds like something that probably got them a lot of notoriety, and they ran with it. It's kind of like when Roswell starts selling like alien merchandise. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, they saw their tourist grab and they just went for it. Yep. I don't know. Again, I the jellyfish thing doesn't make sense because again, there is that the the, the human digestive system. Like, I think it had to be. If it wasn't an accident of something, like, we also don't again, think about. It. We everybody thinks that the government just is this malevolent being 
that's mm-hmm. out there creating chemical weapons. You know? yeah. There's also times the government just does something really stupid. It just blows up in their face and they go, oh, oops, oopsie. It sweeps <laughs> under the rug. Like, people have to realize that too. The government's not this omnipotent being. So yeah, I, I, like, I definitely subscribe to the Stephen King version of the government where they're all idiots and they're always fucking up. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of these things come from that. It's like, again, the government's not just not entirely malevolent. Mm-hmm. And when they do do things, I think a lot of times when we hear, like when, when something works out in their favor, we'll never hear about it. When something doesn't work out in their favor, chances are it'll trickle back to us in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's easy to hide a success. It's very hard to hide a failure. So yeah, jellyfish we don't think is a good, a good theory. Uh, I think I'm with you, Zach. If I'm getting the sense that the the you know airplane, you know fecal matter or some type of human waste, you know whether it might be by accident something like that, I think that's quite reasonable for what this could have been. Um, they do say though that this rain, this goo rain, occurs a few times over the course of weeks. I didn't do any research into that. That might be some type of you know hyperbolization. Maybe it lasted two weeks, and they're just saying weeks for the you know dramatic effect of the television. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a little strange, you know. The the meat raining raw meat that just happened once back in 1876. There were no secondary sightings. It was just one downfall of meat. So the the multiple times of goo is a little strange. Um, well, because I know in the mysteries of the museum segment, what happened? It was an isolated incident at this woman's farm. Yes. Which I, th- I think is bunk. I, th- I think she. I think this is called a scheme. Again, considering she has a farm with with livestock, that sounds like a way to get attention, mm-hmm. notoriety. I, said, I don't. I don't believe meat fell out of the sky unless. Considering she's. If anybody else saw it, anything, much like how Rob with the Allagash people was like, oh, they're all lying. Once they said like, oh, once we picked up the story, anytime someone's telling a crazy story, it's contained just to them. Oh, hundred percent lying. Hundred percent either lying. Or it's just, you just can't corroborate it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The mysteries of the museum story is tough to believe. Um, I think that's uh, you know somewhat of a what I've gotten from watching mysteries at the museum is sometimes they the things are a little tough to to buy into. Um, so I agree with you on that, Zach. I, I, what I really like from the mysteries at the museum segment are the theories that they discuss about what this raw meat falling from the sky could have been, because. It's an interesting idea, you know, with kind of raw meat falling from the sky, goo falling from the sky that makes people sick. Like we said before, it's really interesting to think about, well, what the hell is this stuff? Um, One of the things that I found very believable that I want to bring up from the uh, Mysteries at the Museum segment, because I think you can actually find instances of of it occurring in real life today, was the vultures getting sick. So one of the yeah, theories was, yeah, the, so a flock of vultures, you know, found a dead animal somewhere out in the wild. They ate it up. They ate it too late. It had been out in the sun. You know, it gets whatever the bad bacteria that vultures can't handle. And so while the vultures are circling around and flying in their flock, they all vomit up this rotten meat. Totally, totally believable. That would explain why it fell from to the ground. And that would also explain something that we didn't touch on that there's a bunch of different kinds of raw meat that they found on that farm in Kentucky. Because a vulture, you know, it would eat some of this, it would eat some of that, and it would vomit all of it up, most likely. That was one I actually thought was a really, really good, reasonable explanation. Does it carry over to the goo? I don't know. I definitely don't think vultures can, like, you know, digest anything to that type of consistency and then throw it up. But maybe the vultures ate jellyfish. And then ate some uh, human remains that were dyed blue or something like that. Who knows? 
Yeah, you know, I like the vulture theory. The only problem with that, though, is that if, if the vultures, which live off eating dead meat, or I guess I'm uh, not dead meat, because we all eat dead meat, mm-hmm. but it's the whole idea of just eating something, I guess, oh God, uh, fresh dead meat. What could what on earth could make them sick? Then if people yes. were eating it after the fact, why wouldn't they? Why weren't they getting sick from it? it yeah, exactly. It stretches the the it asks, it begs the question of you know why why would the vultures get sick but we wouldn't? Absolutely. <laughs> like where, yeah. think, where you can kind of write off the mysteries of the museum segment with the meat from the Scott meat shower. I think the blob is a little harder to do because you can't argue whether it happened or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think the thing that again, the fact that it also proves with the government is that there's no more thing about. It. They have samples from the meat shower, yet from this blob that rained six times in the span of X amount of weeks, none of it's left. Mm-hmm. I think about it. something that literally fell from the sky for an extended period of time. All samples are gone. What's the likelihood of that? We have rotten meat from 1870 is sitting in a jar somewhere, yet blobs inexplicable blobs from the heavens all gone yeah i, mean, I, I i'm just that as baffled like government, by that government finds stuff and then just makes it disappear mm-hmm. not to sound conspiratorial but again I, again this sound that reeks of government involvement that's the thing about the blob doesn't seem like and who again the government's it's not again the fact the government's doing malevolent things it's also the fact that who knows they could be doing experimentation with the clouds and obviously sometimes also you don't want to kill people you just want to make them think about it. if you if you have an enemy and you want to uh, immobilize them, you make them violently ill for a couple weeks. Yep. Think about it, not not all weapons are designed to kill someone. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point you bring up, you know, just experimenting with, you know, localized weather systems and stuff like that. That's totally a possibility as well. Um, not even, maybe for uh, chemical warfare reasons, maybe for not, you know, I, I know I've heard some crazy ideas about how we should kind of, you know, engineer clouds that can rain some type of glycerin, which would put fires out almost immediately. And so it's, it's, people have been thinking about that for years, you know, how do we get the clouds to do something other than just make water appear? So yeah, it's, it's, I agree with you, Zach, government involvement seems just like the most likely. Maybe we should call the rain boy and ask him. Yeah, he, he might be the, uh, the end all, uh, authority on water, right? <laughs> Or to very maybe maybe can branch over to some blobs. Ooh, now that Blob might boy. that might backfire on us. Like he might be able to handle this material, and then he understands how to create it, and then he can get people sick. Like that would be bad, right? No, yeah, that's what I mean. That's the problem, though. So we don't we want we want to keep him at Rain Boy, but we don't want a Blob Boy. That's too dangerous. <laughs> so we just got to keep him in jail. Okay, <laughs> essentially away from the blobs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Well, the one other thing I want to mention from the Mysteries at the Museum segment, um, one of the other theories that I absolutely just love the craziness of, uh, they talk about how there was like a New York Times reporter that caught the story back in the day, and he said that there was a planet full of animals somewhere that exploded. He doesn't know why the planet exploded, but just imagine a planet full of animals blows up, and it's such a fierce explosion and so sudden that like the creatures and the rocks from this planet just are frozen in the vacuum of space instantaneously. They form this kind of belt, this this meat belt, if you will, just frozen chunks of you know meat from different animals just traveling through the universe. And then they made their way into Earth's atmosphere. They were thawed when they went into Earth's atmosphere and fell to this farm. 
I like that, how Rob made, I made around three quarters of the way through that without starting to laugh. It is that is just the most ridiculous shit. Like Zach said it before, he'll say it again. But you know, I've done my share of hallucinogenics. That is some shit I would think of while I'm on mushrooms. Like I would be like, "There's just a planet full of horses, and it blows up from the center for no reason, and then we get horse meat from across the galaxy." Like that is a crackpot theory. I love it. It's a great like thought to have just a meat belt floating around in space. But man, that was in the New York Times. <laughs> Like, that was the publisher of that theory. That was the first place this theory was presented. That just the only place it was presented. Yes, that just blows my mind. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm I'm glad you agree with me. I think everyone has to agree with me. That is just, like, out of a comic book or something, how crazy that idea is. It's it's kind of amazing when you think about it. It's it's great. It's like, yeah, it could be like a Goosebumps setup. Right? <laughs> like, I think uh, it's even beyond Goosebumps. Yeah, I'm thinking, wasn't there a Goosebumps book like the Egg Monsters from Mars? And it was like there were eggs from a different galaxy or something that were aliens? It could, yeah, it could just be like Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something else. Like, and the fact that, like, it's worth noting, too, that Mysteries of the Museum kind of plays that very matter of fact. That they don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, somebody had an opinion about this. And they, and they say it, they state it, and they move right on. Yep. Yeah, and they really, like you said, matter-of-factly, they're like a source or a a journalist for the New York Times, and it's like, it's just a random dude writing shit. Like, who cares what he works for? You got a crazy theory like that with no evidence. That's all it is, is a crazy theory. Well, don't they say it's speculation, or they say a theory or speculation? I think they, they definitely talk about speculation. They say the speculation, like, runs wild, and that's where the segment goes, for sure. Because they right. also talk about that it's it's frog spawn, like frog eggs, yeah. just whipped up by winds. Like there's a swamp somewhere, and a whole generation of frogs just got caught in a tornado. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, maybe that happens, but it wouldn't turn into horse meat. No. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, it's, the meat belt and the vultures are, are great, great concepts, and I love that. That whole segment's juxtaposition of just something really fucking out there to something that might actually make sense. <laughs> All right, are we ready to move on to Skullduggery? Yeah, let's do it. Skullduggery is a Rob's choice. Woo. Other than the fact that it screams Law & Order case, I have no idea why he picked it. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. So I think the uh, the first thing I have to say is It is a very kind of straight through and through crime story. You know, nothing too weird happens. Um, Nothing is kind of left uncertain. Of course, there's some mystery to it, but the authorities and people think they have a a good idea what really went on. The Um, The beginning is campy to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the beginning is also what hooked me in. I just love the idea because as we start... These random women are just sitting down for lunch in a restaurant or a cafe or something like that. And they're just sitting there. They're chatting. They're by the window. And one of them happens to look out the window. And in a bush, they see that there's a skull, uh, what looks like a human skull. And so, you know, she tells the restaurant. Restaurant calls the police, blah, blah, blah. Turns out that it is a human skull. And the police are like, well, this is weird. And they put it in their evidence locker, and it sits there for like two years or something like that. <laughs> and Those pesky skulls just turn up everywhere these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. So so this 
hooked me right off the bat because I think Zach might know this if I haven't talked about this for our audience before. I have an infatuation with human skulls. I just really like, you know, both the 3D and the 2D version. Like I got, I like to draw skulls. I got posters of skulls. I got a skull keychain. You know, like some of my glasses have skulls on them. I just have a thing for human skulls. They're just great. I think they look cool. You know, we all got one in us. And it's, it's a pretty neat idea. So that is why this segment stood out to me, because it all starts with this skull. It's kind of, you know, revolves around this woman's bones. And, you know, like Zach said, it just screams like a Law and Order type story. The one thing I want to ask you, Zach, before we get any further into it, have you ever heard the phrase skullduggery before this? I don't think so. Okay, neither had I, because I, like, when I watched this segment, or, you know, you sent me the little list of all the titles, I saw that one was called Skullduggery, and the, the first thing I thought of was the rapper. Have you ever heard of the rapper Skullduggery? Nope. So he, he's actually a rapper who started his career in 1994. That's seven years before this segment aired. Oh so my God. I was like, what? I was like, what the hell is this segment about? Like, is, did the rapper get murdered and I didn't know about it? Because this was on the murder set. Um, as it turns out in my research, skullduggery is actually a phrase. Like, this is, this is a, a commonly, I'm doing air quotes, commonly used phrase. And I found that skullduggery implies mean dishonesty or trickery or an instance of dishonest or deceitful behavior. That, I mean, that kind of fits with this segment because there's a crime, <laughs> but other they're than trying that, to be, they're trying to be cute. Yeah, skull, exactly. skull duggery. They, they thought they were being cute. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm getting as well, that they thought they were making an interesting connection, but it just doesn't fit. They don't even dig. There's no digging or, or duggery, what I would imagine duggery has to do with the act of digging, that doesn't even go on in this segment. The skull is literally on top of the soil in these bushes. Like, they don't have to dig at all. <laughs> it's worth knowing that. Okay, watching that, the intro, this is the part that I really do like, is that I like the fact that, and for, even though they, they make a very big point of saying that it's like a bar, mm -hmm. it's or a bar and grill, whatever, it serves food, it comes across like it's a Denny's. Like, it just, it, why, the establishing <laughs> shots they use, it just feels like a Denny's to me. It's hard to imagine, it's like a, a bunch of people are going to Denny's for like, like breakfast, and they find a skull outside. How do you find a skull from a window? Like, think about it. Everybody's been to restaurants where they have, like, bushes or hedges outside. It's very rare to have a window in a restaurant where you can actually see ground level from your, from your chair. Yeah. Or from your seat. Like, it's very rare. So, like, what was this woman doing? Like, deliberately, like, like a child, like, peering out the window with her face, like, pressed down? It's like, like, how do you just stumble? Like, if somebody was like, like it'd be like, oh, like a little girl was, like, at the restaurant with her family. She tripped and, like, ah! And she, like, saw her, like, <laughs> I wouldn't believe that. The fact yes. that a woman's just like eating dinner or lunch, it's just there all of a sudden. It's like, eh, it's like this. This sounds like someone kind of polished their story. Uh, yeah, I agree. the The beginning is is a little bit tough to swallow uh, because you know how do you how do you see it from that distance and and you know it's it's going to blend in to some extent. Like like it, the segment goes on to describe it really was kind of on ground level. You know this this skull wasn't displayed in any way i would say you know it was just kind of put there in these bushes so yeah there's something a little, little skeptical a little questionable about you know this woman finding it just right off the bat i thought it was weird when rob picked this because i think the definition of just a 
Again, this is another segment where I have all the murders there are. I don't think this is a, there's anything really truly bizarre. Like, there, there's got to be at least a dozen more bizarre murders. Bizarre or er, 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 murders. Mm, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing supernatural about this. It's just they, they find a skull. Uh, the the cops that do find it have no no idea what to do with it, so they put it in an evidence locker. Um, and then they get an anonymous note, or some some other police station gets an anonymous note that says that the skull this other you know precinct found is the skull of Linda Sherman, and that kicks off the whole murder investigation. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, I, not just that um, kind of play out of events. I'm thinking of the person who left the skull there. Like he's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna leave this skull here. People are gonna be like, it's a skull. What the fuck? We have to test it, find out whose it is. And then the cops just don't. Like I imagine the guy just sitting there for a year. Like how the fuck do I figure out if they've tested this skull or not? Because you can't go and be like, hey, did you? Did you check that skull you found? They'd be like, sir, how do you know about that? <laughs> and so this dude just had to wait for a year and then just be like, okay, I guess they're not doing anything. No one's come for me yet. So I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the person was doing for a year in between these events. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point you bring up. The fact that, like, think about it. You kind of just got to sit on it after a while. You can't just, you can't, there's really no way to instigate this yeah. without directly <laughs> tying it to you. Yeah, and, and so, you know, that's just, uh, I find that somewhat comical that, you know, Unsolved Mysteries could have done like a, a role reversal and we should have done a reenactment of the guy pacing in his apartment, thinking about whether or not he should send out like the, the cut and paste letter. <laughs> the, the cops find out that it actually is the skull of this woman who's been missing for however long, um, and that kind of opens up the case once again, and like Zach already mentioned, uh, the the leading theory, or at least as Robert Stack goes on to talk about, is that the husband, who is still alive of the dead woman, uh, he wanted to remarry but needed proof that the old wife was actually dead. So he took her skull and put it out for someone to find. Um, that's not that's not implausible, right? I think that's a, no, that's a re- so. reasonable theory. Um, one of the things that I looked up into kind of more recent uh, when I was doing my research after watching it. Um, another leading theory is that it wasn't the husband. It was uh, someone who knew the husband and knew where the remains were kept. So someone else was trying to like get the husband in trouble almost. Um, and you know, there, there's really no way to tell, uh, so, you know, someone trying to get revenge on the husband or the husband actually trying to, you know, unveil his own murder. Uh, we're never really going to know because the husband actually died in 2015. Oh, he's really? No longer, yeah, he's no longer with us, and so the mystery of his wife's skull may be gone forever. He was never charged, though, was he? No, he was never charged. They could never uh, attach him to it. You know, they, I think that they confirmed, they, the police or the authorities, they were able to confirm that the woman was having an affair but they clear, before she died, but they cleared the person that she was having the affair with. Um, and you know, there's all like the the segment gets into the husband was apparently very violent, very controlling stuff like that. And they interview the husband in the in the unsolved mysteries segment. He's a weird looking dude. Like I don't think he blinks once when the camera's on him. <laughs> His eyes are just all wide, and he every shot he's like, I had nothing to do with my wife's disappearance. <laughs> 
And it's like, what else are you going to say on national television? I think it's pretty obvious he killed her. It's like, w- why else? He had too much of a reason. The fact that the daughter saw her dead on the kitchen, on the sofa. The fact that she always took the kid to school. and you know, She's just sitting there kind of like just quote-unquote passed yeah. out on the, on the couch. It just it, Some segments are just opening. Like, considering that I'm not a judge and I don't need uh, proof, mm-hmm. you can just call, I call them like I see them. Yeah, and this is just this is so blatantly like he, he murdered her ass, and it's like it's like it's too bad. Um, the leaving, and it's also what the, the same cafe I, was the same one that she always or he always hung out at. So and also yep. too, it's worth saying, a lot of these guys get drunk, and they just do stupid things. It's like you know what I got my wife's body in the garage. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, it's like see, let me go show you. I'll bring it tomorrow. And it's just yep. like, it's. And like again, stupidity. It's just the fact. Like, why? If you want to prove that she's dead, there are so many ways to do it, and it doesn't prove. Because, like you said, it would take ye- years from the f- connected together. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Yep. Um, if you, if you want to say that she's dead, just dump her. Like, I don't know, take her bones and just dump them on her parents' front door or something. It's <laughs> like like you can do yeah. that, and it's not. And you wouldn't. It's, it, it wouldn't tie you any more or less. Yeah, you'd have just as much distance as this complicated plan that was carried yeah. out. Yeah, because exactly. Think about it, you're much more likely to run into some someone at a bar you hang out at by dumping a, a skull in, in the front of it. it. It's so you'd be it'd be harder to hide that just to go to someone's house, dump the bones. Hey, you put it on your own doorstep. Be like, I found this on my doorstep. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine if you got caught with one. You're in a bar at like eleven o'clock in the morning when it's closed, and you're dropping a skull off in like a shrubbery, and a cop sees like, "Hey, what, or like the owner sees you. What are you doing there?" Uh, yeah, yeah, that is no, like, no. There's no good answer. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so why would you risk that when you could just you could go to someone's house at like three in the morning, drop it off on their doorstep, and then drive away? The guy's just not smart. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know that. Though. But again, that definitely lends a little bit of credence to if he was doing this for. Like, I think it's again, he got drunk. And just did it as a way of showing off. Yeah, I think that's very. Likely. I don't think he had a reason. Um, if he did it, I don't think he had a reason for showing it. Okay, I'm also of the of the mindset that the guy's not the smartest because if you remember, he he has kind of an an alibi. It's not. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, it's not an alibi, but it's the instance of when he saw her after she had disappeared. Oh yeah, and in she the van, and right? she's dry, yeah, she's in the passenger seat of a van just happens to be driving by the husband when he's out getting gas, you know, at a pump that's, so he's facing the road. He screams out her name and she ducks and that's it. That's his, that's his story for, I didn't kill her. I saw her in a van. Like, no, no, that's not a good story. Uh, Yeah. Even if it happened, like, that, even if it did happen, it sounds extremely fake. Exactly. Just leave out the ducking part. Right? Right? Like, that just screams to me. He's like, oh, man, I need to make it seem believable. She would duck. Like, uh, imagine if you're driving on a road in a car, like, you duck versus you just stay up and let the car drive away. Like, but if, you're dri- if you're driving, like, 40 miles per hour with the window open... No one's gonna know who you are. I, like I said, you're yeah, not gonna think about it. yeah. It's just yeah. This in the fact that also he says she ducked. Also, it's supposed to imply guilt on her part. Yes, it's, nothing. It's, 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 yeah, it's it's a cool game. It's 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 clearly fake. It's meant to uh, defer attention away from him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, said, just, yeah, it's, it's no yeah. That's why. That's why again, I wasn't really impressed with this because it's like, oh, it's a guy who murdered his wife and then like did something stupid. 
whether intentionally or not, and put her skull in, in a Denny's shrubbery. It's like, oh, okay, next. There's no mystery here. He murdered his wife, but they couldn't. It's like just because they couldn't find evidence doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. It's like again, yeah. again, I'm not a judge. I'm not a practicing judge. I don't need evidence to make conclusions. I can just. I'm sorry. He. Well, he's dead now. He allegedly killed her. Got yes. got protect protect ourselves from lawsuits. <laughs> I agree with everything you said, Zach. Um, you know, I, I definitely like the setup to this case rather than what the case actually is. And and I think that's an issue, but maybe not an issue, but just a fact of, you know, we see it this way. We believe that it's kind of an open and shut case. It seems like that's what a lot of the authorities thought as well and still do think because, you know, no one is no one's really looking for the rest of her bones. Like Linda Sherman, only her skull has been found. And I know in the Unsolved Mysteries segment, they interview the sister and the sister's like, we're very upset that she's dead, but we'd like to find the rest of her. And I understand that, but there's no, like, no one's going to try and do that. Like, I'm sure that there's just a bunch of bones that are being found and they don't really get tested for a long time. Uh, like was going on, you know, when, when they found the skull. So, well, well, yeah, well, pretty two, much close. Two well, two things. Um, you, you mentioned the point that I, I, did, I did pick up on, but I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. The second mm-hmm. one you did, the fact, like, testing bones. What they have to compare it with? Did they say that? How what they used to even to link it to her? Yes, for the skull uh, dental records. So they so they had her dental. I guess as a missing person, so the person they had her dental records on file. Yes, uh, that's what it seems like. She might have. Uh, I I don't remember where she worked or something. She might have worked somewhere that required dental records to be on file. Uh, but I, from my you know watching hours of Law and Order, it, it's if they if they have a. A suspicion of who it is, they'll try and get that person's medical records. This might have been the only really bizarre moment of all this is that when you said the sister does bring up the part, bring up when she says, "We, we hope we can find the rest of her." Yeah, I think that's just an incredibly morbid thing to have to go through. You have a deceased loved one, and then saying the phrase, "I hope they find the rest of them." Yeah, that's incredible. Like, that's like insane. Like you know, that's, like, that's not like it's not played as anything big in the segment. That's incredibly morbid to have have a dead loved one, and you have to say the phrase. I hope they find the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, that, that is that is a very morbid thing to say. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and and I'm just you know I'm just make it's making me think of like let's say you talk to the sister in a few years, would she be like yeah we got the skull. We got the femurs. We got one of the pinkies, and it's like—is it like a puzzle for you? Like, like, how does she perceive this? You know, because you're not going to find just the decapitated body. Yeah, like, that's you're gonna you're gonna find the bones now. Well, that's another thing too. Like, how do you kill her though? Did he sit there just like bury her somewhere and then like go back five years later and then and how she decomposed at that time? I think that's what we're led to believe. But I don't. I don't think that you know they haven't. I don't know if they have any real idea on on uh, cause of death because the skull was intact. I think so. Yeah. You know, no, no well, inst- or evidence of like blunt force trauma or anything. Well, that's why. Well, what I mean, it was like, did, like obviously, he probably just he probably he, he probably bludgeoned her to death, mm-hmm. or did something. I don't know, or or poison. Not po- well, poison. You ain't this something to knock her out, and you sit there, you bury her. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, like, like again, but think about that. Like, did he just like, he obviously buried her somewhere because if she, he he didn't just, he didn't dump her body, he mm-hmm. didn't do a Dexter and dump her in the middle of the ocean. So I don't know. Yeah, me neither. On the surface, it's a very again. I think things like Law and Order and the procedural crime dramas have devalued how we look at murders because it's just so in our. It's just think about that murder investigations. Just this 
a perpetual thing of entertainment. Like it never slows down. So we kind of don't appreciate it for what it is Mm -hmm. and, or or how the severity of it. So when you do have segments like this, where you have the real world impact of it, it kind of resonates a little bit more. Yes. Anything else about this episode? No, you know what? I I think, I think that was it. Skullduggery. All right. So Rob, we've talked two segments so far. I think we need an unsolved mysteries or at least an expert or an acquaintance for our next two segments. I think I might know a guy. Hello? Zenger! It's Zach! I need an expert on cryptozoology. Pronto! I'm kind of busy right now, and didn't I already record something for you about cryptozoology and unsolved mysteries? Yeah, but unfortunately, I didn't hit the record button for it. (sighs) Alright, when do you need me? About a month ago. Wait, what? Zenger, why are you an expert on cryptozoology? I'd like to think of myself more as a doctoral candidate on um, cryptozoology. Just kidding. Uh, I I just enjoyed the the whole, like, lore and everything of that there's more to this world than we see. And I love the paranormal. I love, you know, UFOs, um, Mothman, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, all that stuff. It's it's always fun for me to sort of uh, imagine and get into that, that, that whole world of, you know, is there something else out there? Which... By and by, Star Wars, of course, and my pop culture stuff, all of them kind of flow into each other, into the weirdness that makes me me. So, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed, like, looking into this stuff because it's like there, there's got to be something people are seeing. So it's just really interesting for me to to research and kind of delve into. And also, Point Pleasant really isn't that far from me. So, And I've been to the Mothman Festival and going back this year. It's September 14th through the 16th. If you're listening to this in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that neither Rob nor I are experts on any of this. You know, Rob has seen a cryptozoological creature that lives in his apartment building, we think. <laughs> he, he, well, that's a story for another day. Check out the first episode if you want to hear about the Skimwalker. Ooh. Yes, that's, that's yeah, that's it. not good to see one of those, by the way. Oh, Zenger <laughs> knows about this, too. Yeah, Skimwalkers are not fun to see. So, we've already discussed two segments, and now we have our expert, we have the latter two. Our first segment is... The first segment we're going to talk about is from our Psychics theme. It's on the first disc. Starts 22 minutes, 53 seconds in. This is one of the longer segments. Clocks in at about 20 minutes long. So, before I watched any of Unsolved Mysteries, I remember telling Zach, and I told our audience... I had only ever seen one segment, and it was about spontaneous combustion. People would just burst into flames. And and unsolved mysteries. Subject for another day. Exactly. And then when I told Zach that was the one segment I had seen, I remember his response very well through text. He said, wait until you see Rain Boy. And that's what we're discussing today. Probably the opposite of human combustion, right? Instead of bursting into flames... We have someone who just causes rain in really whatever room or building he resides in. Uh, And the case, or the story, as I guess we'll go through it, 
I really think is a supervillain origin story of the man who can make it rain. Is that a, is that a good summary, Zach? I think you have more of a history with this segment than I do. I, I don't. I've only ever seen oh. the segment. I, I watched it for the third time last night. This is much like the, the lady who sweats uh, gold tinfoil. <laughs> this is one of those segments that just flew under my radar. And as I was re-watching it last night, and even the second time when I sent Rob the uh, the text message telling about this, this is the definition of a Gonzo segment. Yes, it's. I don't know how. Again, Zenger, you're the expert on this. How does a story like this even get out into the ether? Like how? Like do you can you like read the classifieds? Like where do you find like bizarre stories like this? This story has been okay. Th- this this was funny because you recruited me on to do. Uh, the latter of these two segments, but then you're like, hey, check out these these other things. And this one was one that I have heard brought up on other podcasts. Um, I'm not ringing a bell with which ones. And I've also known it's been brought up on TV shows and stuff, but it's kind of a very like side note. By the way, there's this account of this guy who was able to make it rain indoors. Moving on. It's, it's never <laughs> gone into it. So this is the first time I've seen something go into it deeper than hey, this is a demon possession, or hey, this is some possession thing, or hey, this is really weird. Like, it's normally just this little tagline, and I, I was really interested when I saw it, because I was like, oh, it's this story, and then they started actually going into it, I'm like, oh, wow, there's more to this than just than just this guy made it rain indoors. So, <laughs> that was, that definitely piqued my interest in this because i i've always heard this but i've never heard it more than just that one thing you know what that's a good point when you hear rain boy you're kind of like oh i get it i don't need to hear the story my imagination can fill in the holes but it's like the you said there's... rain man so no as i was watching this segment i i it's a weird ass segment like that's it's as i was watching this this is a a lot of unsolved mystery stuff is like surreal but this is like surreal to the eleventh degree, and it's very aware of how just bonkers it is. Because I'm not sure if you guys picked up on this. Is that like as numerous times throughout this segment, without, beyond the points where it's just the re, the reenactment with the actors getting rained on? Like even when he goes to like at the very beginning, when he goes to like the funeral of his like grandfather or uncle who molested him, mm-hmm. he's like kneeling in front of the casket, and you can see there's like there's like the shadow of like rain on like glass. Yeah, there's that, and then when they're interviewing him. You yeah. can see rain in the window in the background, or like it's like the reflection of that, or a shadow of rain hitting like plexiglass or whatever. And I listened to the commentary, which unfortunately, uh, I guess the disc that I have is corrupted because it only got seven minutes into it and wouldn't play anymore. Oh. So I only know the commentary for the first seven minutes of the program, and that that's it. Uh, but no, I think up on that, and I'm like, oh my lord, I'm like, there's so much, oh my lord, it's so heavy handed in certain sequences. But going more into just the the reenactment itself. I certain things I just I, again in a second where it makes people are like raining and the cops are involved. In the reenactment, the thing that bothered me the most was the cops aren't dressed like police officers, they're dressed like Gestapo officers. <laughs> like if you look they're wearing like black, I don't even want to call it like it's like it's like a, a trench coat like combined with I don't know how to describe it. It's, it for some reason everything that goes on in this segment, that was the thing that bothered me the most. <laughs> it's a weird, weird thing to single out. Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're like, um, they look like they're full on detectives or something, or they could be like, you know, secret service agents almost. Uh, yeah, I, I picked up on that too. I thought it was pretty strange. It looks like they're about to invade Poland. <laughs> <laughs> and then, don't they, when they bring in the the police chief or something, 
He's in oh, like yeah. almost plain clothes, like he was come back at coming back from a fishing trip or something like that. <laughs> he's it looks like he's caught the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was say. It's like he's got <laughs> off the treadmill because he's wearing like sweatpants and like, like a uh, like a fleece like jacket, and he has like like a, a vest on. And he okay, so let's let's set this. It up was a the bit. style of the time. I guess <laughs> it was the 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 police chief fashion of the day. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, so let's set this up a little bit. So the story is about this guy. His name's not important. He's a guy. Um, he he's in jail for receiving stolen goods. That that's why he's in jail, right? I think I, so. I didn't even it. Did, I just jail, blah blah blah, out on furlough, blah blah blah. That's yeah. what. That's that is seriously the amount of information I absorbed. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. It's not important. His name's not important. It's just he goes in. He goes to like his. Is it his grandfather or uncle? Grandfather. Grandfather. Grandfa- okay. Grandfather. Uh, I think it was. I think perfect hair forever still bleeding into my subconscious. It's uncle grandfather. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and he goes in, and apparently the the grandfather molested him, and or abused him. It, it kind of I don't know. Did it ever say one hundred percent? I don't. Right, I don't think it's. I thought I it said abused. I don't think it's specified if it was sexual or not. But I I got I got the sense from some of the later bits of the segment that it was uh, implied to be of a sexual nature. But I don't think they state specifically. I just, yeah. I just like to think that he abused him by making him stand out in rain showers. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a if if he's gonna be a supervillain, you gotta have the supervillain origin story. <laughs> so he oh, learned man. to control his hate. So like, he, like, so like, like, so like on sunny days, he makes like, oh, he cuts, like, but Grandpa, I don't want to. You're gonna stand in front of that sprinkler, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> and like all of like that angered hatred just manifesting itself and just water sprinkling out. So so it basically zooms in on him and he looks like the kid from um oh my god Looper, essentially <laughs> yeah he's yeah, the rainmaker he's the rainmaker yeah, yeah there there oh yeah. man it all comes <laughs> together that Ryan Johnson, a whole if you're new listening to this if you're listening to this was this guy the inspiration for the character in Looper so he goes to the funeral um, grandfather bad touched him maybe and they go back to, he's is he with friends is that is that where he is he's like he's hanging yeah. out with friends or is it family yeah, it says that he goes to a friend's house after this funeral for some reason and that's where like this first occurrence happens <laughs> i guess <laughs> after you go to a funeral you hang out with your friends especially if you're on furlough and so he's sitting there and he's like reading like i don't know it's such a Oh god, it's it's a very low key comical segment. On top of that, because like he's just kind of sitting there, and like like what the one guy is reading the newspaper, and then like all of a sudden, like a giant like, oh my god, like like a Someone giant dropped drop a water balloon essentially <laughs> on the newspaper from the ceiling. From the ceiling, it goes plop, and like this giant just splash of water in the newspaper, and it's like, what is that? And the apartment just starts to be like, it starts to. I guess the best way to describe it's like imagine like a like what, a HELOC system like where it's just like the, like a mist comes down mm-hmm. like it's just like this, yeah it's it's kind of like they they say in the commentary the part that I actually got to hear was that that's what they use like a fire suppression system that's kind of like that's how they use the photograph because like it, it creates like a constant stream of water mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what it is it just out of nowhere it just starts to mist like right it's, it's, there's not really a major it's not like somebody like smacks him. Or like he's about to, he, like he goes in front of the coffin and the corpse falls on him, and that's what instigates. This kind of just starts all of a sudden. He's staring yes. off, contemplating his world domination, <laughs> thus unlocking his mutant powers. Well, that's what it is. He's like a quasi like X Men mutant. 
Make it rain. They never, they never address if the water he creates is fresh water, though. So. <laughs> it's just sweat. <laughs> Ew. Oh, God. Ew. It can help a nobody. It's just gross. <laughs> okay, so as he... Oh, yeah. So a water balloon gets dropped, and everybody... And like, all of a sudden, the walls just start, like, bleeding water. Think very Amityville-esque. It's like it's just... The water starts, like, oozing out of the walls. And so you have this guy, you have the most, like, imagine the most, like, 90s group of friends you can imagine. The guy's wearing, like, like a red sweatshirt. The girlfriend's wearing the exact same sweatshirt, but it's in the color blue. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it, the wardrobe is phenomenal here. And then, like, all of a sudden, it just starts, like, pouring indoors. And the whole time, the guy just looks up, he looks down. And in the, in the and it's hysterical where like the girlfriend just starts like she pulls out like a, like a bunch of like pots and pans and as the dude the the rain man is like staring off into the void she just hands him a pot and he just wakes up out of a daze and it's so great because apparently she couldn't put the pot on the ground and he just goes whoa and it's <laughs> worth knowing that if anybody out there has seen Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two this is what the actor who makes it rain looks like. Like, he's not as comical, like, overacting as that guy does, but he looks very similar. The resemblance is uncanny. And so the guy whose house this is calls the landlord. The landlord shows up and is just as... Per- it's worth knowing that numerous times in this segment, segment numer- people just show up and are just perplexed by this, and it has to be explained to them what goes on. Like, <laughs> the inexplicable is explained. It's like, they walk in, what's going on here? It's raining indoors. What? Then somebody else <laughs> calls someone to bring them in to explain them what's going on where they can't explain it properly. There's a weird sort of rinse, lather, repeat that goes on during this segment. <laughs> is this the point when we get the landlord in, when they reveal that the water isn't just, you know, obeying gravity, that the water's actually raining upwards and some of it's going from side to side? Or is that when the police come in, when they drop that info on us? I think... I think it's it's that it is at one point where we have a very 90 cgi effect or like a oh my god how do you describe like a like a how do you describe it how do you describe airborne water you have this like <laughs> like airborne water thing just like go like right through everybody but like right before there is kind of like a moment where they're like oh like they mentioned the fact the water's kind of like it's just everywhere it's kind of like it's not obeying any sort of i guess again law of I don't want to say gravity. It's just, it's it, the water's kind Physics. of a mind of its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just, okay. So it's, it's water is randomly appearing indoors, but now it's not. Obe- okay. It's one, one of these isn't weird enough. Let's make it weirder because, because <laughs> we need to raise the stakes on this. Someone's not going to believe what they're seeing. Yeah. It's, it's, and during all this, it rain, it's, 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 it's a weird thing about like, how do you, like, if you're on solved mysteries and you hear this story, and again, we kind of take it for granted what we're watching, though. But they're hearing this story. Like, how do you make this come to life? Because there's really not much of a story here. Like Zegner said, it's just kind of like this offhand comment that's just mentioned. It's like, oh, this guy made it rain, and they called their, their landlord, they called the cops, they called the, the police chief, and, like, nothing really happened. It just stopped all of a sudden. Actually, mm-hmm. here, I'll, I'll tell you the story I normally hear for this. This guy was out of jail to attend a family member's funeral. He made it rain indoors. Then when he was put back in jail, he made it rain in the jail. <laughs> End of story. That is the 
that is the combination of this story is what I've heard. And then this explanation goes, well, that added nothing but just some weird points to it of his, his, his grandfather stuff and, 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 and apparently cross burn, crosses burned when they put on him and all these priests yep. came and it just, I don't know. It just reeked of, um, not Amityville, uh, the other, the exorcist just reeked of a lot of the exorcist stuff, which I've never heard that element to this. Or maybe it's just something I just didn't pay attention to enough to. Maybe, maybe someone completely explained that when I was listening or saw something else and I just kind of zoned out because it's it's just like there's no pictures, there's no evidence, there's no there, – <laughs> like is there even an after picture? Like not even of him doing it, just of, oh my gosh, look, it's entirely wet in this room that this guy was sitting in. Well, that's a good point you bring up because – because everybody says in a lot of the context for this episode, does it instantly evaporate once he leaves? Well, they say like, that's it a stops. lot of good damage damage to your stuff if it rained for that long. Well, that's that's you have a good point though because they make a very big point in this segment saying like it's oh it's such a well documented I don't even call it what is it is this be considered paranormal or what yes. called okay I'd par- say paranormal par- paranormal incident because like the cops are there you have the the pizzeria owner. You have the uh, prison chaplain. You have the you have all these different participants, though. But the you think warden. if this was ha- the warden, you'd think you'd have, like Zanger said, some sort of photographic evidence. Like in numerous times to this segment, like an insurance claim on water damage somewhere, somewhere. And yet there's no because ta- I know at one point they say that the, the police chief told the deputies to not file a claim, like file it as a police. And this is, and this is the government cover-up that happens that Alex (laughs) Jones has been warning us about. (laughs) Paranormal stuff happens. Government comes in and covers it up. No, I'm joking on this. It's just some police chief. That's like, you dragged me out of bed for this. Do something else. Go get that guy that ran a stoplight. I'm done going home in my jogging suit. Drive me home. brings up a good point though it's like why wouldn't you again the guy walks in and the fact that the police chief just dismisses it leads me to believe that there must be some thing to this that just not that it disproves it but it's like oh it's it's explainable it's like oh there's something there must have been some sort of tell in this because and this really did happen the walls just started bleeding water and you have all the again, it happened in, in the you know, even the pizzeria They'd be the, 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 I don't know, all these different people. Because I, did they give a time frame of when this happened other than just it happened toward the evening, night hours? No, I don't think so. Yeah, that's, and that just makes me a little bit, I don't know, because it's kind of like in our, when we talked about the Allagash abductions and Rob oh, said that these guys. <laughs> that's a good one. See, Rob, you're alone thinking that was a bad segment. No, it's a it's a good segment until they they lie blatantly. <laughs> uh, by the way, this whole thing takes place in February of 1983. I was trying to look up when this all happened too. Well, uh, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Also, if like there's a- any pictures of up, oh, wait, wait, uh, there is a picture of the wall. Is there? Yeah. There's, yes. <laughs> there's, there's like water on it. <laughs> is there a banana for scale? <laughs> it's just like um, one drop of water on a wall. <laughs> yes, this I you know what? Don't don't question anything because you'll get an answer, apparently. <laughs> I, I I rescind my statement earlier of um of this whole situation because apparently there is evidence of it. There's a hand for scale. 
and and no scale on the wall. I mean, I could throw a cup of water against the wall and do that. Actually, I could do that right now. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. That I could just spill my drink and and recreate that picture. <laughs> oh man, Rob, do you know when this episode aired? It actually aired February tenth, nineteen ninety three. So after ten years after when it happened, according to Zenger's info. Yes, and I got my info from the internet. Me too. So it's got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this was one of the uh, you know, or not, not a kind of early-ish, I would say, in unsolved mysteries. One, uh, you know, not in the golden era. I think we described it before, but you know, it was it was a long time ago. Also, I'm reading that he felt peace for the first time, and that's when this whole thing started. So I guess when he felt peace, it was, he able he was able to let a demon into him that allowed it to rain in places. I, I think it's worth noting that numerous times throughout this episode, the phrase "I'm going to make it rain." <laughs> like, like when you hear, like when you hear the fact that a guy has the power to make it rain indoors, it's like, come on, someone has. To, like, if this was that's okay, this is going back to my whole my whole thesis of like, if unsolved mysteries were made today, I think if you had this today, that phrase, "I'm gonna make it rain," and he says it a couple of times, and he says it in such campy fashion, I, I can make it rain. And, and, and you know how many times I wanted just to rain dollar bills. So no, anyway though, so he's making okay, getting back on topic. The the rain man and his two friends say, We're gonna go next door to the pizza parlor. And while they all walk out, it stops the rain. They go into the pizza parlor and it starts to rain there as well. And it's worth noting that the whole time, Mr. Rain Man, as he's like sitting in the house, he's just sitting like in like a oh my like an armchair, just gripping yeah. the handrest, just like all he does throughout this entire segment is stare into the void. That's all he does. He just <laughs> stares like into like the abyss. It's great. And they go to the pizzeria. He looks. He sits down. He looks very flustered. And while he's doing all that, it starts to rain in there. They give him the crucifix. It starts to burn his neck. And so what's he put like on the outside of his like his shirt so it doesn't burn him? Mm-hmm. And it starts to rain there. And they leave and they go back to the. Um... At numerous times, I keep saying apartment, but it's a house. And they make a point saying, like, the landlord, like, like lives upstairs, but it's a house? And, like, I have no idea. Is this an apartment or a house? Like, it's never – I know in the in the reenactment, it's very clearly a house. But at the same time, though, I can't imagine there being a house and there being a pizzeria right across the street from a house. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on. I need to go outside and tell them they need to move themselves then from my block. Singer has a pizza hut living right across the street from him, so he can just yell out his order and get like an order of breadsticks. <laughs> breadsticks, that! I also have a pizza place right across the street from my apartment complex. So he goes back to the house, and I'm trying to remember, so what exactly happened? He goes back, and it just when, sit there. When they get back to the house, I think this is this my is favorite where the demon part stuff of my. Starts. I think, yes, because this is, this is where I think is my favorite it part of the segment. It goes off the rails. It goes off the rails, but. The whole derailment starts when they get back to the house. Apparently, his two friends decide to yell at the rain boy <laughs> and blame him for all this. Like, that's their that's decision. That's a great idea. And yeah, if, if you think you have a paranormal entity causing it to rain indoors, you better just yell and wag your finger at him, right? <laughs> and, of course, well, what do you do in response? You levitate. 
And that's and that's just that just blew me away because at that point I was like, please, the rainmaker, please say he turns into (laughs) Sue Storm. I was gonna say Sue Storm from X Men. He could just control the weather. He could be like, Uh, I'm gonna fly up in this tornado. Hold on, hold on. Wait. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking of the brakes on this. What? Yes, just Storm. Just Storm. Okay. Okay. I feel better now. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. If you if you if you let me know of my mistakes, I'll certainly catch him. Bye. my the alcohol is well growing. into effect. <laughs> but yeah, so like we said before, I'm thinking X-Men. I'm like, this is it. This is his supervillain origin story right here. And well, he blows him apart, and then he's exactly. like, now I'm the Rain Man. Except for instead he throws himself across the room. <laughs> because, uh, you know, that's but, what you do. But then it kind of just, it kind of slows down, because the next thing they do is hire a witch doctor, right? They find a witch doctor for him. <laughs> Yeah. No, the, isn't it evangelical priest? Isn't that, yes, isn't that an unnamed? But let's 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 give them a made up name, which was probably their real name. Doctor Shoshaloo. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> We're giving them a made up name on this show too, because the made up name they did for the show was that made up. Oh my lord! But no, we have to get back to the levitation scene. I don't think Rob did that justice. So, like, what it is to set up that scene up? The landlord. And his the landlord's wife is there all of a sudden. It's never explained why the landlord's wife just shows up. His buddy, who's renting the house, at this point, wouldn't you just ask him to sit outside? Like, think about that. He's making it rain indoors. Like, there's no point saying, like, like, you'd think there'd be one line of dialogue that's like, oh, it was the middle of winter. We couldn't make him sit outside. It's like, why <laughs> wouldn't you like, ask him to sit in the car? Just, like, like, take him away from the house for the time being. Yeah. And so, again, landlord's wife, his buddy's wife, like Rob said, they, they, he's and like it's worth noting that like the actor is like emoing it up to like the eleventh degree. He has like the little hair flip. He's like staring at the ground, and all of a sudden, you'll never he, stop my power. <laughs> no, like okay, getting beyond even the superhero or supervillain origin part of all this, it's like theater. It's like uh, oh my god, like county level theater production level because the two guys are sitting at the kitchen table and they're like looking over paper like what are we going to do here and then the the rain man and the two women like walk into the kitchen the kitchen's pitch black dark they walk into a dark room just to corner the guy and like rob's they're like chewing out they're like come on rain man make it stop and they're like yeah, <laughs> why are you doing it. this <laughs> like stop making it rain and they're like poking him in the chest and they're like, knock it off, Mr. Rain Man. Not cool. <laughs> and like, like just attacking him. It reminds, like, there's a couple of unsolved mystery segments like that. And Zenger probably knows, like, when, like in any sort of like paranormal reenactment, where like the person like just starts yelling at like nothing. They're like, come on, ghost, come on, face me directly. Like, there's always a moment where I don't think it's ever happened in real life where people start yelling at this nothing. It's it's, it's kind of like imagine like, like you do a scratch off lottery ticket and you don't win you're like damn it demons for once work in my favor. It's like it's next so- time I buy a scratch off lottery ticket, I am scratching it at that said gas station, saying that and seeing how long it takes for me to get arrested. <laughs> well, see, that's the problem here is like the police were too I guess too illogical, just like everybody else was, and so so they're yelling at the guy. Because think about that. Imagine if you were with again. Like, Rob does a lot of drugs. Imagine if like someone's just making it rain for any reason. How do you focus blame on a person? Like you're like think about it, Zinger. Imagine if you're with a bunch of people and it just starts precipitating indoors. How do you focus blame on one person? Like like has that thought even like how do you just have the idea to blame it on someone? It's like imagine if like I don't know. 
Like a fire alarm keeps going off. You don't just blame one person. It's like, Dave, knock it off. <laughs> it's like, oh, there must be faulty wiring. And like, imagine, Dang, I got to start doing that. Like, so imagine next time something goes wrong where you can't just blame it on one person. Imagine just pick one person and just single them out and just focus all blame. Like, imagine, imagine if you're the – like we're kind of getting a little too far of ourselves here. But imagine if you're the police chief and you have a group of like six people plus two of your own deputies like Sarge. See that guy over there? The guy angrily staring, sitting in the chair? Yeah? He's making it rain. It's like, what does that even mean? How can a person make it rain? Explain to me, what does that mean? Well, you see, he's making it rain. Well, you didn't really explain it that time. You're just repeating what you just said. And you say it again. The guy's like, guys, maybe there was a carbon monoxide leak in this house. Maybe that's what the rain was. Everyone just has a mass hallucination. (laughs) <laughs> That's a, like, I, yeah that could be the case and uh, i agree with what zach said like that is not something i think i would ever jump to and even think that it was caused by like an individual like that that is a stretch that's a good point the fact that you focus like it's kind of like as if everybody like it's in a weird way it's like everybody watched the reenactment and then formulated their opinions on the event like that's yeah. the kind of the vibe i get from it it's like oh I have a feeling that after, like, it's kind of like one of those things where, like, Zenger knows from, like, all the other paranormal stuff. Like, oh, like, you're in the woods with a bunch of people and everyone thinks they saw Bigfoot. And then, like, as time goes on, the story starts to influence everybody's perspective of the event. It's like the, the story more starts ta- to change slightly sometimes. The yeah. best stories are the ones where it has been the same exact thing every time you hear it. There's nothing to wear. They've changed anything. And there are some of those with like the Mothman where, I mean, I know that spoiler alert, that's later. Um, but they, there's stuff that with those where people have said the same story the entire freaking time. And then there's other people that kind of have a little bit different stuff with theirs where it changes slightly. And it's like, that's the kind that I'm like, eh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, and I, like I said, there's a lot of things about this segment, and I think we're about to get into what makes a left-hand turn, is that, they're, again, they're pointing the fingers in the guy's chest, and all of a sudden, like, all, like, the pots and pans on the wall start just, like, rattling. The it's again, Once again, the Oh, room man, this go- is weird. Stuff's continuing to happen, and we're, we're antagonizing this guy. Should we stop? <laughs> no, let him kill us. We need, a, we need to let him take over the world. That's what this is building towards, right? There's, there's I- no other way out. Well, I read something saying that he's like in prison now for arson. He tried to burn down like like, like something. He tried to burn down his structure. I don't know. Um, that was just a headline. And so again, all the wait, 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 are- wait, wait. So he was trying to burn down a building, then use his his power over the elements to put it out and be like, "Look, I can be a hero now." That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to like incite an episode just so he could solve the problem. <laughs> it's kind of imagine the fire department needed more funding so they started like lighting fires around town just to put them out like see you need us so no so the pots and plants start oh, rattling. the tragedy of history so and then all of a sudden the room goes dark they continue to yell at him still it's the, the pots and pans are rattling the room goes dark despite the fact that this just the light in the kitchen goes dark the two guys it's still light out there apparently on top of the fact he can make it rain he can make pots and pans rattle and lights turn off and then, out of nowhere, they're still yelling at him. The light turns; it's worth knowing. A green light appears in the kitchen, and he starts to levitate. <laughs> like very comically, he just this rises off the ground. Think of like I don't know how to describe this, Rob. 
Uh, no, I got a simple way. Go watch the um, the Evil Dead series. Just anything that happens in that, and just imagine it happening here. Like, I think you have a good point there. This is very Sam Raimi-esque after mm-hmm. a while. Are we sure he didn't direct this? <laughs> Are we <laughs> sure he just didn't stage all this? Or he Where was he this during this time? He wrote the telenovela for this? Yes. <laughs> he was bored on a weekend. Is born and all of a sudden he get he he. It's not just that he gets he levitates and he gets thrown across the room. He levitates is like rotated ninety degrees facing the kitchen like window. And then gets thrust backwards. And this guy could have been Bruce Campbell's like stunt double. And then out of nowhere, the lights turn back on, and these women who are just screaming at this guy run over and like cradle his head. And it's oh like, my gosh! I hope he's okay. I hope he's all right. This guy that's <laughs> so we can yell at him some more. <laughs> And the whole time that they cut to the guy, the real rain boy, and he's like, I'm a big guy. I shouldn't be knocked around like that. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, that's that's your thing. Apparently, random levitation's okay if you're light, but if you're really heavy, no, nah, levitate the wind just can carry light people. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's it's and then the, uh, that just is I worry the pl- every day as I as I'm on uh, my diet that one day I'm just gonna walk outside and get whipped away by the wind finally. Because it's like you're finally light enough again, and you go away now. That's that's what they don't tell you. That's what they don't tell you at Weight Watchers: the perils of losing weight. One will just sweep you off your feet and carry you across the room. Yeah, they just wait till you need it, and then they sell you those really expensive shoes with weights in them because <laughs> you can't leave the building without them. <laughs> A uh, slight draft will carry you across the room. So at this point, you have the um, the police chief is called. And he comes in and he's like jogs over. He jogs. <laughs> he doesn't jog over. He gets. He comes in. He gets out of a car. We do know that much. He jogged to the car to get into it, and then get out of it. <laughs> Why else would you be randomly wearing a jogging suit? It, oh wait, it was the eighties. It was. Don't the know 80s. what that. Don't know what that has to do with anything. But sure. <laughs> he comes in. He like tells his deputy like this is all nonsense. Like, like don't waste my time with this. And then, like, the interview segment that everyone's like, oh, man, I guess he was in a bad mood that night. I'm like, yeah, if I was woken up at, like, 3 in the morning about plumbing issues, I, too, would be annoyed. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Slightly annoyed. Slightly annoyed. And so he basically, he walks away, and he tells his deputies to kind of just, like, leave, like, leave alone. And after that, the segment kind of just, what? Like, they don't. I don't know, it kind of gets because they show up again and they're wearing their SS uniforms. <laughs> and, and they bring another guy too, because there's another deputy there. There's three of them now during that segment. And they put like a paper, they put a paper bag over his head at one point. And they start like playing like what's Oh no, that's 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 later where they bring like the 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 priest that's supposed to exercise. No, this, this, is, this is before the priest. Oh, it is? Okay. I'm scared. Yeah, the police good. come back during the daytime. They, we're not making this up. They legit put a paper bag over his head. They can put his hand... Like, <laughs> like yeah, I like how we're saying these things so matter-of-fact. Oh, there's the police come back in their SS uniforms, put a paper bag <laughs> over his head. They can put his hands behind his back and they put a crucifix in his hand where it starts burning. And then out of, all of a sudden... Wow, that, that hurt. Wow, that hurt. And then while the paper bag is still over his head, the demon comes back and just force pulls him or Sam Raimi pulls him back into a corner of the wall until he's like knocked out. And they pull the paper bag off his head. And he has three like scratch marks on his neck. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Gets the, gets the random scratches on his neck, too. Like this is again, 
this is very Sam Raimi-esque. Like, whoever directed this segment was like, you know what, I really like Evil Dead 2. And then got, I finished watching that on home video, got a phone call from the Unsolved Mysteries producers, like, hey, we have this great segment about, about a guy who makes it rain. The guy's like, soul just hung up the phone. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to have so much fun with this segment. Didn't even take a message, didn't even write, write down who was calling, just, just sold and hang, hung up the phone and went and started filming. I didn't, okay, so like when Zenger said next, we have um, the, the, you know they say he's an evangelical priest or For pastor, legal reasons. For legal reasons. It comes across that the person, they, the religious person they have come in for him is a witch, is a witch doctor. doctor. Yeah, like, like that's really, it screams witch doctor. I guess maybe that wasn't politically <laughs> correct at the time. That's just kind of the vibe you get. Because again, if we said, oh, Dr. Shockaloo came to help purge him of his demons, I guess that doesn't, that doesn't really jive with what Unsolved Mysteries is trying to convey. And so the, uh, the, the priest, we can't put enough quotation marks around that term, so we're not going to try, does like a, like says a prayer. Everybody like kneels around him as it's raining. And then like he's like convulsing on the couch. And it's worth knowing that the landlord and the landlord's wife are there. Apparently, they felt the need to be involved with all this. I, I guess oh, it was Saturday anything. night, honey. Are you going to take me out to dinner? No, we got to go to one of our tenants. We, <laughs> you got to say this. I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when HBO isn't airing anything new that night. We have to yeah. go to the, to, to, to the tenant's house to watch. This the, is this is what you did back in the eighties. This is what happened before the internet. Oh my god. See folks, you can either be on Twitter late at night or you could be during the witch doctor exorcism. Oh my lord. So um that goes on, they bring him back to jail and they put him like oh, in a maximum. Yeah, he's on furlough. He's on furlough. They bring him back to the maximum security prison, despite the fact he's like in a county jail, which I'm pretty sure there's no county jails that have like maximum security detention facilities. Oh, they're not trying like, hard enough. No. And you so you have like his inmate like banging on like on the door saying, Get me out of here. Like I, I think of like that thing from Suicide Squad with, with like with um Jai Court. It's like, get me out of here. It's raining, <laughs> I'm all wet. And and so they take him out. Rainboy is still glaring. Like that's apparently on top of the fact of being um, making it rain, having I have unlimited hands, power now. On having unlimited power. He also all he can do is stare angrily into the void. That's all he can do. He just stares <laughs> angrily. Apparently, you're only allowed one emotion when you have the power to make it rain. And so, like, they bring him to like what different? Like, the, even the guard starts yelling, "It's like, like, knock it off, quit it, no rain in here." Check your rain power at the door, Buster. And again, <laughs> I like how everybody's just somehow comfortable with the fact that a person, like every person, is somehow comfortable with the notion that this man has the power to make it rain. And the only qualm they have with him is he doesn't have control over it. Think about that. That seems that, that only, like nobody's bothered by the fact that this guy can make it rain indoors. They're only bothered by the fact that he can't treat it with a toggle on off. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. We do get that from a lot. I picked it up with the guard in the prison the most. Like the guard is almost, you know, egging him on. He's like, come on, show me, show me your powers. And it's like. Is that really what you would do? <laughs> Again, yeah. imagine imagine if Zenger said, I have the power to like manipulate electricity. Our first response would be, All right, Zenger, make the lights turn off and out all in my room. Like that would not be your first question. Your first question would be, Have you taken your medication yet? <laughs> Like, that would be the first thing. Like, nobody, again, maybe it's the fact that everybody's desensitized nowadays. 
But I don't know. Like, you think like in, in the nineteen eighties, like you guys have already brought up, like people would be inherently skeptical to this. Like, why? Well, there's no point if nobody brings an umbrella indoors, and I'm a little disappointed at that. <laughs> well, he's not sitting there with an umbrella over his head, going, "I'm not getting wet." <laughs> Pots and pans are good enough. <laughs> Pots and pans are good enough. Like, so, like, I don't know. So, like, Zenger said the. The um, the guard is egging him on. Like, if you can make it rain, make it w- rain in the warden's office. Yeah. And, like, and then all that happens to the warden is that he spills like water on his shirt. And he's like, God damn it, it's real. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, it, it's it's. Oh my gosh, my shirt's wet. How'd this happen? As a coffee cup is now, this, this didn't really happen, but I'm assuming it did. There's a coffee cup sitting in front of him that's knocked over, and somehow he just didn't realize it. Because he's not that sloppy. He's the he's the warden. <laughs> or the air conditioner was broken that day, and he's just sweating. I would imagine Profusely. people tend to sweat. <laughs> but like, even the reenactment, like like a small piece of like his like uniform is like wet. And it's like, are you really going to classify that as powers? I, I, I that seems like the threshold <laughs> for believing this guy is incredibly low. Just yeah, so low. Definitely. Absolutely. We need somebody who was around during the 1980s. Like, if somebody told you it was raining, how how easy would you believe that? Like, you know what? So, Wait, some guys making it rain indoors? Show me. Well, like, too. <laughs> I got to think about, too. Imagine if this guy, like, was, like, legit true. I would imagine, like, Monsanto would, like, immediately hire him to go stand in, like, the like, fields, the water places, like, that, that, like in drought areas. Yeah, his powers, his powers would want to be harnessed to some extent, definitely. Exactly. It's kind of like how I like to imagine, like, um, from Star Trek Into Darkness. What was his name? Uh, um, Umberto Cabbage Patch. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's like, he has, like, the magic blood. I like to imagine someone just would be constantly just siphoning magic blood out of him to just use for, like... <laughs> it can do these, anything. Like, exactly. It's, it's just, like, magic juice. It's like, this guy can just make it rain. Just bring him to, like, Los Angeles where it rains, like, three times a year. And just have him stand there. Hey, stand there. here for a minute. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like... I, but I, I want to go to the ice cream store. Make it rain. I have to use the bathroom, Okay, though. fine. Make it rain. We didn't care how you make it rain. Just make the liquid appear, buddy. <laughs> like, I don't know, though. It's like, And it's also worth noting that they never discussed, like, what happens. Like, when he was transported to and from the prison... What happened then? Like, when did it just, like, they say it numerous times, it just stopped, but, like, how did it start? Like, did it ever happen outdoors? Like, did he have, like, a little comical rain cloud following him when he was outdoors? It's, like, there's so many questions I have. Like, even, like, it's not like some of this has been made up. <laughs> it's as if everybody got high during the guy's furlough. <laughs> Rob, if you had a friend that was in jail that got out for a weekend for furlough, how much drugs would you be doing? <laughs> uh, most most likely a good bit. I mean, you know, whatever it could, he could get out of his system fast enough before he went back in, right? Well, I guess. Well, okay, follow up question: If it started raining indoors, would you stop doing drugs? Yes, in in that area, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> no, like no, I mean, we, if if we were like smoking and then it started, we, to would rain, you stop him? And it's like, wait a second, this doesn't happen when you're not here. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like I said, I definitely wouldn't be like, man, this is your fault. What would you pick up while you were in jail? <laughs> and then beat him up because apparently that's what you do to somebody who's doing that. I think all of us would just be like, well, this sucks. We should go somewhere else. 
My like, furniture's that, that ruined. The response, yeah. <laughs> I need to call the insurance company and make a claim on the fact that everything in my house is damaged. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't they say that like it didn't hit certain objects? Like, like the whole room got moist, but like it didn't hit. Like it had no effect on like the the what's the word inanimate objects? Didn't they say? I know. I know the priest says that his Bible did not get it was bone dry the entire thing. That's, that's the one I. Thing. That's the one I remember. And and that's a holy item. I, well, yeah. Well, they're playing into that because at one point he's telling the priest, he's telling the priest in his most comically dark side voice ever, "I can make it rain." And his <laughs> eyebrows are just flaring. Like his eyebrow, like the, like the muscles that man must have, like in his eyebrows. Oh man, like phenomenal. I don't know how you work out your like forehead muscles, but this man, you he know, like, he's he's the Arnold Schwarzenegger of, of muscles in his forehead, and. <laughs> And so, like, he tells the priest that the priest is like, "I don't care. I'm going to read a prayer regardless." And so, like, I'll show to... you, you big gonna... bully. Oh my god, it's so comical! It's so comical. And you have all that, and it's just again, I don't know. I, I want to do this segment just because this is a like I forgot how much like the the lady who sweats gold foil. This is a Gonzo segment. Oh yeah. Like the only thing that's missing is well, like the best part is they interviewed a ton of people. Like, this isn't, like, something where it's like, oh, so-and-so. No, they interviewed everybody involved. So and yet no one like had pictures. hallucination? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, like this is one of those segments where it's like, enough people I just people are am involved. amazed that there's no photographic evidence of any of this. Except a crudely taken picture of, like, a I'm not wall. counting that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should take. I think, I think someone should take if, a picture of like someone spit water on their walls. Oh, we have new photographic evidence of this. If I can recreate the photo in less than five in less than five seconds, then I don't count that as something. There's nothing to scale of it. It's just this like, look, my hand's near the wall and there's water on it. I did that. <laughs> sure, you did, Billy. Sure exactly. You did. Exactly. Oh my gosh! So is there anything else we want to talk about this segment? Because it's worth because it ends obviously the priest reads him enough prayer. Like the witch doctor did not help enough because it comes right back, and the he starts like sobbing into the priest, and he starts like the, the priest does, and apparently it worked because it doesn't because usually a lot of segments like this end with oh, but it would continue for many years to come for poor Bobby or whatever mm-hmm. his name is, and it doesn't end like that. It just it's, it it seems like he's quote unquote cured. He says something like uh, it hasn't happened for a very long time, and he just hopes it doesn't happen again. I just hope it doesn't happen to me again. Yeah, and I'm like, that's super villain talk. Like, you're trying to throw us off your trail right Oh, there. no, there's a small fire in the room. <laughs> oh, it's now or never, body. Oh, never mind, I'm going to die here. Well, I know it's at one point they like, they interview like paranormal experts, and they both have like one of the paranormal experts has the same last name as Rainboy, and they're like no relation. Relations. I'm like, yeah. God damn, his brother isn't the paranormal expert too. <laughs> I I just want to say that this whole situation is very odd, especially since he has the same name as me, which would which you think would 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 have an impact on me, but it doesn't. And my judgment says this: I didn't witness it. But people told me it happened. <laughs> I did believe, like, like, it's like, it's like, my brother can make it rain. Oh, so you can make it, like, you can shoot fire? No, I just make it dry wherever I am. I have dry, I have to, I have to carry so much dirt. Dries, me. It dries <laughs> everything out around him. Oh, exactly. God, that would suck. <laughs> he walks into, into a room and, like, the plant just wilts and dies. It's like, oh, man. 
You kill I, plants? No, I just dry them out. I've never <laughs> enjoyed a pool in my life. <laughs> showers, girl. I haven't taken a shower since 1981. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So it's just, oh, my God. It's, 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 this is a goofy-ass segment another one of the many hallmarks of our unsolved mystery series is that this could not get made today without it being extremely tongue-in-cheek and just oh wow isn't it crazy this guy's making it rain like this i don't really think the reenactments that. could have happened i i think they could have pulled it off if there was no reenactments but the reenactments i think like yes it would have it would have um because I, I know they've done a, i know other series like a paranormal witness has done a thing on this I didn't watch oh, really? it because I mean I, I can only take so much in one in one you know <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's what it is though. Is like I could I could also imagine like a monsters and mysteries in America doing this, but I think the reenactment would be really toned down because as I, like, the seven minutes of the commentary I did get to listen to, the director of the segment's like, oh, this segment was a pain because like think about it, every time like he makes a very big point of saying like, oh, every like. Oh my god! Different like sequence of the show is somebody walking in, being like, "Oh, what's happened?" And so, like, for every different take, you had to stop what you're doing, dry out the wardrobe, dry out the set, um, dry out the actor's hair. And you have to like, it's a. It, he said it was like a nightmare because you couldn't also go to someone's house and just water the house down. You had to like create, build a set and then also design it so like it could dry out very easily. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I, again, much like whoever's house this happened at, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. unfortunately, unfortunately, the I, I'm not going to give up on that on that statement of I, I just don't understand it. Like how 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 this happened, and like nobody filed any reports of like heavy water damage. Whoever's listening, or maybe this is a Rob project. Find out where this house was. Yeah, you know that's a good point. I, I when I was looking into this and for updates, which there weren't very many updates on this story, uh, that was uh, something I didn't come by is where this took place. But you know, uh, I also Stras- wasn't looking very Stradburg, hard. Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. All right, we're gonna take a quick break while Zenger takes a quick drive to Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> and we're back, Zenger. So you found the house and you found the water stain in the picture, correct? Oh, there's tons of them. It's everywhere. It's like, how could you not have seen this or at least taken a photo? Strange thing is, my camera didn't work in the house. Someone walked in, shot you with a hose with your with your little camera, and they're like, "Oh crap, it happens again!" <laughs> oh dang it, it happened again. <laughs> the house is still wet after thirty five years. <laughs> this would be a comical segment. Someone's like wheels in a dehumidifier. It's like, let's see you fight this one, buddy. <laughs> I, I, one thing we talked about is like all these segments are just weird, or just have very comical reenactments. This is this is definitely, I'd say, a top five because there's a lot of fodder here. It is a good one. It is a weird one. You know, Zach told me to look out for it, and when I watched it, I loved it because it was crazy. This one's up there for me with the um, the lady who sweats gold foil and just, you know, great Unsolved mystery segments. I agree. This was a dual selection between Rob and I. This, yes. This, this was a dual selection. This was God, not it's a... like in nowhere, Pennsylvania. Did you find the house? No, I just found where... Oh, wait. I guess I could if I looked up pizza places across the street. <laughs> find every pizza place in Strasburg, <laughs> Pennsylvania and try to find houses across the street. <laughs> That's great. We're putting our detective skills to work. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. On top of Judge Zanger, Nerd Zanger, Hipster Zanger, we also have Detective Zanger now. He puts, he puts a little, he takes out his like, uh, his Sherlock Holmes hat and he has a little magnifying glass. <laughs> Super tiny though. 
Super, super tiny, tiny mag- magnifying glass. <laughs> he uses instead of like zooming in on the computer, he uses that on the computer. He's like he's like looking at like all the pixels like blown up, so you can't. You can't... <laughs> I got it. <laughs> oh my god! So okay, anything else anyway, concerning Zenger is hunting down uh, leads in Pennsylvania for us. Anything else you'd like to add to this segment, Rob? Before we conclude our talk, no, of I, I, I think that's it for me and Rain Boy. I think it's one of the longer session sex, uh, segments we've discussed. And it's, uh, it's worth it. Never slows down, and it's a full 20 minutes. Anything else, Zanger, before we move on? Nah, I'm good on I I just, I, I thank you guys for, for introducing, like, when you told me, oh, there's, here's the other segments you're going to do on top of the one that we're doing next. I don't know how you're cutting this, so hopefully that's correct. Um, <laughs> I, I was really glad that I got this, because like I said, it's something I've always heard about, but I've never cared enough about to look it up anymore. And now that I have, I am indifferent to my conclusions of before <laughs> it's just a weird story and what you're yep. saying is that you have, you have more context but your opinion has not changed nope may have even gotten more like this is dumb more skeptical <laughs> all right moving on to our last segment this episode is the Mothman. yeah where Zenger is our main expert. Much like how Josh was our Unsolved Mysteries acquaintance, we have our Mothman expert. Yes. Um, so, Zenger, why are you a Mothman expert? Um, multiple reasons. It's, it's a really cool cryptid. It's a really cool story. And if you want my um, more honest opinion, this might sound weird. It, uh, well, this, this whole thing is weird. The Mothman incident, the whole thing that took place around Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and everything around there, Mothman is actually kind of the most uninteresting thing to happen to that town. Like, there's so much other crap that went on. UFOs, men in black, weird people, Mothmen, giant birds. There's so much other crap that went down around this time. And, of course, the bridge collapsing and people dying, but that's that's sad. You anyway, forgot, Richard, you forgot there was a Richard Gere movie. Never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> really i've never everyone it's one of those things that like i have never had the interest to watch it because everyone always goes oh you like mothman have you ever seen it no don't watch it it's terrible and everyone whispers like it's an entire movie of people whispering yeah it's 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 an, i remember getting really excited about that movie and I, I have it on videotape somewhere and it has one scene with the quasi Mothman. It's a weird movie, and that's and that's the other thing I heard is that it's if you're into it for the cryptid side of it, it's non-existent. Well, okay, because two things I want you to do. First, I want you, before we get into it though, I want you to break down the Mothman story. Then, two, tell us all these other weird things that happened in Point Pleasant. Oh, but, dang! <laughs> but but considering what you just kind of mentioned offhand about Point Pleasant, that might you might actually like the Mothman prophecies movie because of it. Okay, so first tell us tell us the story of the Mothman all the way back during the nineteen what sixties. Uh, it it the quote unquote time frame of the Mothman goes from around November twelfth, nineteen sixty six, to December fifteenth, nineteen sixty seven, culminating with the collapse of the Silver Bridge. On top of that, if you do the math, that is thirteen months worth of stuff. But it has been seen since then, and after it's 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 this weird thing, and there's a lot more to it uh, that I am I am not qualified in the sense of the, with the time that we are given here to explain it fully. <laughs> but I will do the best I can. Um, 
several podcasts, part of the Dark Myths, have done stuff on it. We were also, there's a Dark Council episode done by Dark Myths itself, where I was part of that. Being that I've been to the Mothman Festival, I will be going again this year. So the story of Mothman begins, of course, on... Now, here's the funny thing. There's different places that claim to have the first sighting. I did say November 15th is the first quote-unquote sighting, and that was by two young couples in Point Pleasant near the TNT area, which I, I got to say this real quick. If there is one thing that infuriated me about this, um, I, mean, I know I'm jumping ahead to the uh, Unsolved Mysteries, it is Point Pleasant, West, West Virginia, West Virginia. Good God. I don't know. I don't know if you guys had the same segment I had, but they kept on saying Point Pleasant, Virginia, because I did watch one. I think it was like a later episode redone with the um, next guy that took over as the host. Oh, yes. We we don't speak. We don't speak kindly of the Dennis Farina episodes. That's that's a dirty (laughs) word in this house. Okay, well, I I just was saying I I rewatched it just to make sure I was going to cover the right stuff for this and. They did correct his voiceover did correct it saying West Virginia, but the yeah. Anyways, so they're in this TNT area. Basically, see this giant red-eyed creature with wings, and it basically chases them down. They're driving a couple hundred um, over a hundred miles an hour apparently to get back to town, but chronologically, apparently, down the road two day three days before this on November twelfth. Five grave diggers claim to have seen a creature flying around of the same description. And there is numerous sightings after that of different people claiming to have seen this thing. There is the one we will go over, and I'm not going to get into that one right now because we will discuss that one later. Uh, somebody's German Shepherd dog disappeared, and one of the witnesses claims to have seen a dog, a dead dog on the side of the road that matched the German Shepherd's description. So it's assumed that this entity attacked that. And basically, numerous sightings, numerous re- weird stuff happening, all culminating with the collapse of the Silver Bridge. But if we rewind back, there is UFO sightings, lights in the sky, weird people showing up, men in black. This is this is one of the first instances, by the way, of the men in black phenomenon, too, comes out of this whole thing. And they are super weird in this in this incident so yeah there's kind of a very crash course on this whole thing which i'm sure i'll discuss more deeply into certain instances and stuff of it but yeah like i said it's mothman kind of became the least interesting thing in his in his own mythos if you look into all the other crap that was going on around that time in near and around point pleasant west virginia and by the way he's still been being seen uh most recently uh, Chicago has had a rash of sightings of Mothman, allegedly. And he's supposed to be a bringer of doom, allegedly, too. Well, the Mothman caused Chernobyl in 9-11, I'm from my That opinion. also is something. <laughs> um, yes, he was apparently a giant um, winged creature was seen, um, apparently, near Chernobyl during that whole thing. In 9-11, there's supposed to be stuff there. So it's a, supposed to be an omen of doom. But... Uh, <laughs> Well, okay, from all I knew about the Mothman before this was the fact that it's a guy in a bird costume holding two red lights and then terrorizing people in the house. <laughs> oh, yeah, that story. That's, okay, As I want to get, I think the Zenger stuff is really interesting because I had no, but, I by the way, this, about it's, that. It's, it's, it's all considered high strangeness, too, is the sort of, um, John Keel basically wrote a very interesting book discussing it. It's also covered in many other 
tellings and stuff too. And uh, as we go on, I'm sure I'll get into some other stuff because going to the Mothman Festival, I met some people that had some pretty interesting stories. And I've kind of culminated my own sort of vague theory if I in, that I don't even believe, but it's just fun to speculate. So go ahead with this um, with this episode. As All right. I keep uh, just stop, stop me from talking for a little bit. No, Thank you. No. Well, I think I, I don't know about Rob. I think the unsolved mystery segment is probably be the least interesting part of this that we're going to talk about. Oh no no no! There there is a few things in there because they do mention Men in Black in it, don't they? Mm-hmm. Very briefly. Yeah, and it's and it's once and it's something towards like you kind of can mention them very briefly, or you can dig deeper. But there's some really weird stuff with it. So can so, so, like I said, somebody else talk, please. All right, Rob, do you want to break down this segment? I guess I should say first of all, first off, this was a, a Zach selection. I I have nothing I against the, I have nothing against the Mothman. <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't very intrigued with this this depiction of the Mothman story. I actually have to agree with Zach that I think everything Zenger already talked about is is more interesting. Um, this segment's only you know nine and a half minutes long, and I felt that most of it was just you know that kind of overshadowed by the one guy they interview who is just adamant that it's a bird. Like there's one guy who's just like it's a bird, and I I know it's a bird, but it's the biggest ugliest bird I've ever seen. And it's kind of weird that they stress him in the interview before they talk about any of the sightings. So I thought this was a little weirdly constructed segment. And to be honest, I don't like, isn't it just the sightings that they discuss? They they don't really get into anything. Well, they talk a little bit of the bridge collapse, but I don't think there's anything else too, you know, strange about about this segment from what I remember. The reason why I picked this episode was twofold. The first reason was... It's the only segment I remember when I initially watched Unsolved Mysteries back during my my youth. The second one was as I was rewatching this because I had there was two episodes I had to pick between Mothman and Canadian UFO. But no, so that's the, that, the second reason why I picked this one is I found the Mothman uh, terrorizing the woman and their child and her child. I found it so comical. It's so clearly a guy like in a carpet, like, I, I, like wearing a carpet with like two red lights. And a okay. Of that story, by the way, is not complete. And I will correct their inaccuracies on that story. Once we're done, dis- once you're done talking about the terribleness of the acting. No, it's not a terrible. Like I said, this is like, Rob, this is a weird segment. I remember um, when I would, cause I remember when I first got these DVDs, this was one of those like, the two segments I really remember from my childhood was the Mothman and the Chupacabra. Yeah, um, Chupacabra episodes. I was I remember at the time, and I still am shocked that, that never made it to the uh, Strange Legends DVD. I I don't know why it was on YouTube for a while. And I really regret that I didn't download it because it's you have to, you have to go looking for it now. Um, the Chupacabra episode is great because um, at one point, because it's all like I think uh, Spanish speaking for the most part. There's this one guy speaking in Spanish, and like obviously you have the translator like over, like dubbed over him, but you can still hear the original Spanish speaker talking. And it's like, and then I saw the creature and he verged. And then like, because obviously the translation comes after what the guy's saying, because the guy the translator is talking. All of a sudden, the guy starts making this weird motion above his head in this noise, going, and I'll never forget it. It's it's so. Like at the time, it was creepy to me. Now it's like hysterical, and I think that's what happened to the Mothman as well. Where at the time, I was like so creeped out by the Mothman story because again, I didn't. You watch it on TV. I didn't tape any of this because Unsolved Mystery was on twice a day. I didn't feel any sort of compulsion to tape it. So you would watch the segment like eight thirty at night, and you'd be like, "Oh my god, is this like to like an eleven year old? This is so spooky." Now you watch it, and the Mothman reenactment is so 
oh my lord, it's 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 campy, bordering on just plain bad because it's just so obvious. It's a guy like in a tablecloth with two red lights just flailing around. And it's worth knowing that a couple of times, the eyes aren't even leveled. Like, one eye will be, like, <laughs> above the other. It's just so, like, this. I th- Rob, when did this episode air? This was uh, July 26, 2002, so one of the later Unsolved Mysteries yeah, episodes. Yeah, because Robert Stack died in 2003, so this was mm-hmm. really toward the tail end, because they even mentioned the Richard Gere movie. And mm-hmm. like you could, I guess unsolved mystery. Everybody knows unsolved mysteries that they really kind of just—they're they, running out of money at the end. They weren't—they—they—they they, they were losing ratings. They didn't get as high budgets as they once did. And this was a really just uh, this piecemeal segment. And it, and it really shows in retrospect. At the time, I, I can—I was freaked out by it. Not super freaked out, but like I was like, oh, oh, oh this is spooky. I remember even having an after I watched this segment, I can remember having a nightmare about the Mothman. Ooh. Um, it, 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 it got to me. Not, not, su- not super bad to me, but just it was weird. Again, if you weren't expecting it, you, it's an eleven-year-old. You did now. I love stuff like this, but this is like it's not. Like, I don't want to call it. Like, Zenger likes campy stuff. Zenger, again, Zenger appreciates Evil Dead. He appreciates campy things. Yeah, I don't think this is campy. I think this is just poorly. Like, like where there is that blur between campy bad. I think this is more just bad. It's just I think poorly this made. is. Here's a hundred bucks. Go film this scene. <laughs> But we yeah, at least need two hundred. I gave you fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely think this is a segment that I don't. I don't know. It's unsolved mysteries has shown that you can do a lot with little. Like as we see off the rain, the Rain Boy segment, you don't need a huge budget to make to convey something that's weird in an effective matter. But this is definitely you could tell the scenes we're showing. Yeah, I don't. I wanted to know if you guys picked up on it. This segment, when I rewatched it for this recording, I thought it was really dimly lit. I felt like all the interviews were a lot darker than what I was used to after plowing through all these other unsolved mystery segments. Hey, you need to do all this stuff for for a hundred bucks, but we're going to need at least two hundred to do it. Here's twenty five dollars to get it all done. (laughs) You just need one flashlight. (laughs) Or three. We need to light this room. Here's some candles. <laughs> yeah, the I lighting just, I budget for Mothman costume. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was really dark. This kind of everything, and it stood out to me for sure. And this is what they closed the whole Legends series on. This is the last segment on on the Legends discs. Yeah, that's something you you and I discussed is the fact that a lot of the the ends of these DVD box sets. You think you want the last episode of like the the box set to really kind of go out with a bang? Kind of the opposite. It kind of just ends with a whimper. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Next. Yep. And I still want to know why that Chupacabra isn't on the DVD. I really, I don't know why they would sit on that. Unless they had, again, Unsolved Mysteries is weird. Like, they, sometimes they get, you can tell certain segments they're embarrassed of. <laughs> I'm not joking. There are segments you can tell. Like, 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 the stuff that's on Amazon I've watched, it's like, oh, why isn't this, like, some segments will just fit so perfectly. And like, oh, why wouldn't this be on the box set? And I have to realize that sometimes the reason why I like this stuff would be some people would be embarrassed of it. I don't know. So, no, the segment basically, I think Zenger's going to get into this with the real Mothman thing. The segment starts off with the, the, the inciting incident of the was the two couples that found mm-hmm. it by the TNT area of mm-hmm. Point yeah. Pleasant. It, it, if you watched anything, Mysteries at the Museum, Monsters and Mysteries in America, any sort of paranormal show, this is the thing you always hear about, right, Zenger? This, yep. this inciting incident. This is, Everybody- the, this is the initial incident. Bly said there is a alleged incident that happened three days prior but wasn't reported till later. So. All right, we'll, we'll get into that. And it's it's not that important. I, I already described it as five people claim they saw it. 
Okay. And so you have that, and you have it's, it's a bunch of odds and ends. Like you have, then you have the woman who saw it and is harassing her, the guy in the tablecloth, and oh yeah, that story real quick just to reiterate. Um, they cut out the part where she fell on top of her kid. <laughs> I did not expect that to be what was missing. <laughs> no, that that report. She basically saw the thing and dropped down on top of her kid, and if I remember correctly, she got conjunctivitis. Ooh. In the eyes Ooh, from seeing that too, which um, just to go over what that is real quick, that's pink eye. Yep. So if I'm remembering correctly, I, I didn't look this up. I just know that that story. The second I was seeing it, I'm like, oh, she's gonna jump, drop down on top of her kid. Nope. That's really interesting that you bring that up because one of my notes when I rewatched it, I felt that scene, their reenactment, they missed the perfect opportunity for the woman to throw the baby at the Mothman <laughs> and go, take the children, leave us alone, and run back into the house. Like, I just screamed well, like, like, comedic like, like, skit. <laughs> like I said, the, the, the story of that actually is she, she basically drops down to the ground, landing on top of her child in terror of this thing. Oh, man, okay. By by the way, to um to go over later, the child was fine. So she did not feed her child to the Mothman. <laughs> no, but she got conjunctivitis. If I remember the some okay, if it wasn't her, somebody else reported seeing the Mothman getting conjunctivitis from okay. from it. Like like basically like seeing its eyes apparently gave it to him or something or I don't know. I haven't heard that about the Mothman before, but that's that's fairly it's, interesting. It's, it's like in like one report, like I said. High strangeness. That's all yeah, that, Mar- that yeah. that's all that Point Pleasant is, basically. And as we continue, I'm sure I'll get more into it. I like that concept. <laughs> you look at something and get pink eye. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> so then at one point there was there's a picture of not a picture, but like there's a farmer saying like what his his cattle have been attacked and have been like drained yeah, of blood. Which is that- very chupacabra esque. Yep. That one's one that I didn't see a lot of, like in like report. I know I'm. It doesn't. It's not something I don't believe happened. It's just that's something I guess in all the crap that's around with Mothman, I normally overlook that one. I know about the dog getting killed though, well going wow. missing and then allegedly being on the side of the road dead during one of the sightings. But but as for the animals getting attacked, you kind of say that, and I just kind of shrug my shoulders and go, okay, cool. It's it's like I I'm I'm not saying it didn't happen. It just it fits it fits well enough in here that I'm not going to be like wait whoa whoa, whoa whoa wait a second what so then then okay, then the next segment is the men in black where they're going up to random people in the town just shaking. Comment, I'm telling them don't tell it don't tell anyone anything don't talk about this. Oh is that a pen? What's this pen? There there is a there was a report by somebody to where one of them came in and that they basically were like obsessed with what with with a pen. Like, they, like, could not figure out what a pen was. And they were told that they could keep it, and the guy, like, laughed hysterically and then ran out of the building. <laughs> like I said, Mothman is the least interesting thing that happened in Point Pleasant around the Mothman stuff sometimes. In these stories. So Mothman is essentially just an entry point into the weirdness of Point Pleasant. Yes. I don't disagree with that. It's it's their mascot, their paranormal mascot. <laughs> Which, by the way, irritates me to no end that they did that. Their high school is not the Point Pleasant Mothmen. It's like the Point Pleasant Knights. So shame on them for losing a great opportunity. But continue <laughs> with the story. 
So basically, after that, it's, it's kind of just they, they talk about explanations like, oh, it was like radiation from the TNT area. It was a giant bird. Sandhill um, Crane. Sandhill Crane. And then it's the guy who says, he, like Rob said, said he saw it like in his car. He's like, it's a bird. It's no such thing as a Mothman. <laughs> and and that's again, like Rob said, that kind of just ended. The guy's like, this is all nonsense. Much like the share, the, the the police chief from the Rain Boy segment. This is all nonsense. Yep. And that's just kind of how it ends. It kind of just ends in a whimper. It's like in like Robert Stack shows up. It's like, oh, they're even making a Hollywood movie. And they talk about the bridge, but the bridge is kind of, I'll let Zenger get into that. It, it, um, it collapsed on uh, December 15th, uh, 1967, claiming uh, 46, quote unquote, lives. I say 46 because there is sometimes discrepancies on it could be 47 or 46. And so the story is that the Mothman was just sighted before this happened. That's the connection. Yes. Yes, okay. that it was trying to warn them the entire time <laughs> by giving people conjunctivitis and <laughs> flying after their vehicles. That's what I was about to say. It's just that conjunctivitis. Just, uh, scream, stay away from the local bridge. <laughs> if I had only put the pieces together sooner. Maybe then we fed the baby. Maybe it would have told them. It would have stopped it. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it was trying to help her up, being like, what the crap did you just do to your child, ma'am? <laughs> yeah. Quick, take my take the baby! No, I'm trying to help you. Singer, is there like, you know what we should do? We should make a movie, like kind of like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but it's like Bigfoot, uh, the Mothman, Chupacabra. <laughs> Yeah, we should do awesome. that. <laughs> kind of like a new era of like the universal like monster characters all paranormal monsters yeah like who would be him sasquatch um he's like like uh rebel cousin the yeti no 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 no, no. if you want his rebel cousin you go get the skunk ape from (laughs) there we go yeah yeah Yeah, his his, his hardline cousin the skunk ape then then you can also have of course uh the mothman you have a monster uh, if you want to keep it American, you'd go with Champ from up in Lake Champlain. Oh, uh, you can also thing. you can also go with Chupacabra, who's the edgy one. Um, oh, let's see here. You could, of course get a Skinwalker in there too. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> dude, there's got to be another good one. Um, Wolfman, the the Wolfman stuff. Yeah, you Zenner, could we definitely... want real characters, not made up ones. No, 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 no. no. The, the Wolfman is something that a ton of people claim in the Midwest to see. It's like they're Bigfoot. Like, they don't see Bigfoot. They, they see, like, um, bipedal wolf creatures. <laughs> okay. The, the fact of how much I know about this stuff disturbs me sometimes, but... <laughs> so that would be... Who else? There's got to be more... Oh, there's... Dude, I could go on all day with this stuff. Um, you could have, of course, like the lizard people or the frog, the, the frogmen of Loveland, um, Ohio. Yes, there's like an he, Ohio grass man. Yes, that's just Bigfoot, though. Uh, I thought that was Rob's nickname in college. Hey, <laughs> oh, there's also the mirrored men, too, which is just a weird story, to be honest. And that, 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 that one involves like creepy crap and Ben and Black s things and missing time and all this shit. Don't go out in the woods, people. I want on record every time Zanger says the words "Men in Black," I want the uh, instrumental of of Will Smith's song. Um, that's gonna be played every single time he says the word <laughs> "Men in Black." Oh well, you want me to start explaining all that crap too? All or right, actually, Zanger. actually, here, fun, fun time. You guys have any questions on this? Does the Mothman in real life look like a guy with a tablecloth and two red flashlights dancing around? Sure. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, questions answered. Rob, do you have any any comments or questions about this Unsolved Mysteries segment before we let Zenger loose? 
I guess, uh, yeah, I got one about the Mothman that comes to mind. Um, I, I've heard a theory before, and I think the, the Mysteries at the Museum segment on the Mothman actually poses this one. But there's some idea that the Mothman or some of the sightings is just a huge owl. Have you ever heard that before, Zinger? Yeah, I've heard huge owl. I've heard Sandhill Crane. Yeah, so I guess uh, just just like an actual bird. Like, what do you think of that theory? And because I know you mentioned you have a theory that you might not believe before. Does it have anything to do oh, with that? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I'll, I'll get into that one in a little bit. It's it's something to where if you just piece all together and if you put on your biggest tinfoil hat, like I'm talking about a 10-gallon tinfoil hat <laughs> here, like for fun, if, if you wanted to do my super conspiracy theory, I'll get into that at the very end. But as for a – I don't know. See, that's the thing. It's just so many people saw this. I, I the, the Sandhill Crane thing just doesn't make any sense to me because it doesn't fit any descriptions mm -hmm. as they said in the thing except for oh it has red around its eyes, whoop de doo, but they aren't it's not glowing red yeah so that's um the sad part is there's another thing and if you want to I don't know why I'm some expert on West Virginian paranormal stuff but <laughs> if you want to check out into the portal they did an episode with me discussing. The Flatwoods Monster, which also takes place in West Virginia, where there is allegedly that it might have been an owl in a tree hissing at people. Mm. But that's something else that has apparently red eyes and like had a spade-shaped head. But that's a story for another day. I don't know. I, I think fear and stuff like that can contribute to misidentification. But at the same time... The size of this, it just doesn't just doesn't add up. But if you yeah. do want to continue with the owl stuff, there is a lot of weird connection. My God, I sound like a lunatic. There <laughs> is a lot of weird connections between owl side oversized owl sightings and alien abductions. So that's a whole can of worms. I I am not privy in. I just know that that exists. Okay, okay, interesting. Like 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 if, like if you ever have a memory of oh I saw a very weird you know, larger owl, you might want to go to get checked out because you probably got abducted, according to most skeptics and, and <laughs> um, believers and stuff like that. Okay. So okay. you're telling me that giant owl that stopped me on the side of the road and said he had free candy in his van wasn't legit? No, 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 you got, you got probed in the butt. <laughs> There's a how many licks joke somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> there is, but I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> okay, so. that was a good one. I think the, the other question I have for you, Zinger, because you mentioned it, uh, the Mothman Festival. I've definitely yeah. heard of this before. I've never never attended. Um, is there any any kind of like go-to food? Like they do, do they do a Mothman-inspired food at all? That's they what I'm interested do. in. They do. They have... Um, the, the the town will do like cookies and stuff like that like like there is like different um food carts stuff like that so they'll they'll, they'll have like mothman themed uh dishes that they serve at the food carts um a lot of the restaurants and stuff will have mothman themed like nice. stuff like that they had like cookies i know they had like it's like cookies with red m&ms <laughs> okay <laughs> on them two of them um of course evenly spaced on to look like eyes so so it didn't look like <laughs> this yeah yeah this this reenactment so yeah, they, they have stuff like that. I'm very excited to go back this year. Last year was a lot of fun um, to go to and everything. And yeah, it's 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 very cool to go to. It's definitely something where you can talk with a lot of other people and kind of see a lot of really cool stuff with it. And yeah, it sounds uh, it sounds awesome. And it's very cool because um, there's people. I, I actually um, on the Zingness episode where we did the interview. I'm randomly enough. I'm going to sidetrack for a split second. The 501st was there. For West Virginia Garrison, okay. randomly. And also, apparently, I found out there is a Ghostbusters 
thing that's similar to the 501st that was also there. And they had a giant inflatable uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow that was <laughs> that, that, that signaled where they were. But I also got to interview one of the witnesses, or somebody who claimed to have witnessed the Mothman. So, Zenger, what you're saying is that the Mothman is a Star Wars fan. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Because I, I, if you showed me that in a cast of characters, I don't think I would think it wasn't one of the Star Wars characters, or concept <laughs> art at least. Do you see a lot of Mothman cosplay at those festivals? Yeah, there is people dressed up as Mothman. Uh, there's also people dressed up as Batman because, of course, Mothman allegedly got its name from the character of Killer Moth from the Batman TV show oh, and everything. I yeah, never and about that. yep. Okay. That's where apparently it kind of they kind of put those things together to give it that name. Okay, so, so the yeah. real the real Mothman could be attending the Mothman Festival every year, and people it think it's could, just a really good cosplay. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I know there was a moth. It, it, there there was at one point there was Mothman, Batman, and Sasquatch wandering around getting pic- pictures done. There was also a Flatwoods Monster thing dressed up. There was someone dressed up as one of the. Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. One of the reptilian creatures from Skyrim. It's 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 just a really fun thing to go to and nice. check out. Cool, cool. I and, think if, and, they, if and, they want to find the Mothman, they should make blood tests a mandatory part of entrance. <laughs> and on a side note for another nerd thing, uh, during that event, uh, I was playing Pokemon Go because that's what you do, and I caught a Venomoth while in Point Blank. <laughs> oh, was, I know. It, it was it was like the, the, the perfect thing to do while at the Mothman Festival. That's good. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Right on. Yeah, it sounds like a blast. Can't wait to go this year. Allow me to get into some other high strangeness that was yeah, going on. Yeah, weird stuff. We want some weird... We love weird crap. All like, right. So we're the connoisseurs of context. All right. So if you want some super weird crap, and this is going to get real deep real fast. This is something John Keel discussed, and I think is actually mentioned in uh, the Mothman Prophecies. Once again, never seen it, so I don't know. But there is a sighting that took place on November 2nd of 1966, Mind you, once again, this is several days prior to the first sighting of the Mothman. But this was done by William Woodrow Derenberger while driving home on Interstate 77, which is a little bit outside of uh, near Petersburg, which is near Moth near where Point Pleasant is in a lot of the sightings. But he said an unidentified object appeared, landed in front of his truck. And a gentleman got out, walked up to the side of his vehicle, and basically spoke to him in his head and said, you can roll the window down if you want, but I can speak to you basically telepathically. He introduced himself as Intrid Cold and said that he meant him no harm. He also pointed up the road to be like, what is what, what do you call that up there? And he goes, oh, that's a city. And then... Injured Cold responding, well, where I come from, they're called gatherings. And it was just this whole weird, weird back and forth between Woodrow Derenberger and this, this, this thing that was also, of course, dressed very oddly and was smiling basically from ear to ear. And basically he left him by saying, you know, I'll see you in time. And of course there is other, you know, contact between Derenberger and Nap, but it also leads into maybe the, the whole men in black things are, and this, this is, this is, mind you, this, this is why I put the 10-gallon hat on for this. Maybe they are trying to capture the Mothman or have something to do with it because it's weird how they show up kind of along with the Mothman and are acting very weird. Maybe if you wanted to even go to kind of... Okay, 
So one of the great descriptions I had on one of the tours, and this is something that I said, it's weird. And it's something that I can kind of reference to with pop culture. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a hellmouth, a place where paranormal stuff happens. Point Pleasant could be one of those in the sense of it could be a thin place between different realities. Mothman could be something from another reality. Men in Black could be something to where they come here to try to get it back into that reality. That's why they are, they, they're out of place and act weird and don't really fit into our realm of the normal. So that's a possibility there as something because there's also a ton of ghost sightings. As I said, UFO sightings happen around here. There's a lot of really weird UFO sightings where one of them had a screen door on it, apparently. <laughs> like, like they basically said that they slid this screen door looking thing and climbed out of it at one. Like, it's just weird. And this in the ship that um that injured cold got out of was another thing that had like this weird like hatch on, like door on it that doesn't make sense if you think about it as something that's an intergalactic traveling vehicle. Like I said this 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 whole town is high strangeness. Uh, when I was there, and this is really sad because I was also there with another. Uh, podcaster and we did the TNT tour in the middle of the night and it was not something I do not recommend if you go do not do the TNT tour at night because it is in the dark and it's cool because you're out there in the dark but you can't see jack crap they're pointing oh over there is this you can't see it because it's in the middle of the night so it's cool because you're out there in the dark but it's lame because you can't see jack shit so keep that in mind but um, when we got off we were talking there, there was this couple that was there that's from apparently Point Pleasant and they, for about 40 minutes, sat there and talked to us about, you know, growing up there, the weird crap that they've seen. They said that one of their relatives um, has seen, you know, lights. One of their other relatives found a town that looked like it was from the 1700s, but could never find it again. Like, he drove down the same road, and it wasn't there the next time he drove down. Like, it seems like this whole town is just full of strange crap. And the best part was before I left, there was, you know, police wandering around because it's a festival and everything. And I actually stopped one of the police and asked them, Oh, by the way, flashing real quick back. We were both holding recording equipment when we were talking to those people for 45 minutes. Neither of us hit record on our equipment. So shame on (laughs) us. Because we realized that as soon as they walked away, we both looked at each other and went, did you record that? No. Did you? No. Why didn't we record that? Because it was all really weird and interesting stuff. But I talked to a police officer, who, and he's like, oh, yeah, I grew up in here. I'm like, have you ever seen anything paranormal or anything? Or do you guys ever get reports? And he goes, no, I, I mean, we get stuff every now and then of people seeing stuff, but I've never seen anything paranormal. Though I have seen a ghost before, and I'm like, wait, what? And he said <laughs> that one time when he was younger, they were driving down one of the roads, and it looked like there was somebody – it looked like they were in a car, but they weren't in a car. Like, it looked like, you know, if someone's sitting in a car and you can basically, like, the way you'd be sitting in a chair, like, with your legs extended and arms out. Said there was somebody that looked like that on another road, like, just going. Like, a ghostly image of somebody that looked like they were sitting in a car, but there was no car around them. And I just was like, that's really weird. But I love the, no, I've never seen anything weird or out of the ordinary. I had seen a ghost once. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, so that's kind of my summation is maybe Mothman is something from another dimension. Maybe the men in black or something that was coming to sort of be, you know, kind of try to get it back or find out what people were seeing. Or this could be just whole some weird thing from our government that they were doing that the, they sent out these weird people to try to cover up. I think nine make, tenths of these things can be explained with the government did something they shouldn't be doing. I, I mean, it's, here's the thing. It was, it was right after world war two. Who knows? 
They could have been testing something. God knows. But anyways, that's that's kind of my fun pet theory on it. Do I believe it? Eh, it's it's a fun theory. It's just kind of that the town seems to breed weird crap. Yeah, I I, I really like that theory as well. You know, I think you the way you said it sums it up really nicely. Like a, a thin part between different realities or something. That's always a cool idea to think about. I've heard the injured cold story before. I just didn't know that it was close to Point Pleasant. Well, if you want to go deeper into the injured cold story, there is also he's also referred to as the grinning man, which a lot of people yeah. claim to see him, see this grinning man who wears a hat in their dreams. Like there's like some ridiculously high percentage of people who've seen this. Like they're asked to draw like a picture of this guy that they've said they see in their dreams, and everyone draws the same image. Okay. And it's basically what injured cold is described to look like. Well, it's worth noting you type that into Google, and the first thing that comes up is Mothman. Yep. <laughs> oh, there's a cryptid wiki, apparently. Yep, it's probably the know. same one I'm on. <laughs> I like how the one picture they have of him on Wikipedia is a guy frowning. Really? <laughs> yeah. Grinning man is another thing that comes mm-hmm. up that he's described as. So. It should be an unsolved mystery segment on injury Cole. I wonder if there is. It would be interesting. I think I originally heard about it from uh, Mysteries at the Museum. I think they do a small bit about them. It's all connected. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the thing I both love and hate about paranormal stuff sometimes is this weird, like, everything's connected. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I hate that. But then again, I'm like, I love that. So, yes, that's kind of my, I guess, So, Andrew Cole expert. could be the Nick Fury of the uh, uh, yeah! Yeah! extraordinary yeah! crypto. Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> or you get a time-displaced John Keon and have him do it. Like, he was pulled out of time to gather all these paranormal things together. I like that. Uh, if you guys got any questions, ask, but I'm I'm tapped out. I mean, like I said, I could go on for hours about different stuff with this, but I feel like I've hit my, I've hit my limit on stuff that I feel I can discuss in confidence. So, if somebody watched the Unsolved Mysteries segment and had more of a thirst for Mothman knowledge, where would you suggest they go? Um, plenty of podcasts have covered it. I would also recommend the Small Town Monsters uh, documentary they did that is sometimes free on Amazon. And I would highly recommend that. They did a fantastic job. It actually has the one story about the guy with the with the moth, I mean, with a creature circling him and coming down that actually is redone there with a um, computer animation, which actually looks 10 times better than bullcrap that, that, yeah, whatever that was. Um, <laughs> Tablecloth uh, and red lights? I also know that Monster Quest did an episode on it. Oh, too. Wow, I've heard that I, name in a while. Yeah, I, I love that series. And I'm sure if there's another paranormal thing, it will come up eventually. How believable do you find the Mothman story? With, 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 with all the evidence that has been presented to you, with with both the show, what I've described, and just your knowledge, how believable do you find the the events? And on a, I guess scale one to ten, or wh- however you want to give your description, I guess. I think I would lump the Mothman uh, in with my my beliefs on, say, like Bigfoot, kind of the the crypto, you know, humanoid type of creature that we can't oh. seem to get a handle on. Um, I. I have nothing against it. I like to think that they exist, uh, but you know, kind of the Mothman stories, the Bigfoot stories, uh, nothing really has ever screamed out to me that they didn't see like a, a strange animal and their imagination made it seem bigger than it actually was. Uh, the owl theory for the Mothman that stuck with me a little bit because you know I think an owl is something that you don't commonly see at night, and people would have a hard time 
you know, understanding that they saw a bird when that's, you know, light reflects from its eyes and its wingspan is enormous. Um, so I don't know. I, if I put it on a scale of one to ten, I'd say like a five or a six. Like I want to believe, but uh, there's nothing really that I can latch on to. I don't know. Like back in my younger days, I, I, I kind of uh, drank the Kool-Aid on a lot of this stuff. I think it's fun to believe that it's true. The possibilities are open for everything. Um, based on the evidence that you've presented, and plus, I know, and plus there's a lot, I don't know. Like, I think the more and more you learn about this stuff, it takes away from some of the mystique because you start to see the uh, unraveling of some of the stories. Um, I think Mothman's one of these stories that kind of, you kind of sold it. Zenger did more as like this, this tale of what happened in this weird town. Kind of like a, I don't want to say it, it's cliche, but like, kind of like, like a, a Twin Peaks or like this really weird just town where all these bizarre things happen. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think selling it like that where maybe instead of it being the creature, maybe this, this town just kind of like a nexus point for bizarre behavior. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's too many of these cre- at this point now, like how we joked, there's so many, like every region has their own version of a, of a monster. Yeah. I, I, everything about it. There used to be Bigfoot. Now there again, there's the Yeti, there's the Ohio Grassman, there's the skunk ape, there's the this. And plus I think if these creatures, I know the theory that's come out a lot in the last 20, 30 years is like interdimensional beings. And I think if that were the case, why is Here, everything Okay, like- I know I mentioned that, but I hate that also at the same time sometimes because I just feel like it's too easy of a, of a, oh, it's an interdimensional being and moving on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a catch-all term. It's meant to kind of, it's, it's easier, it's, it's a cuter, more novel way of saying the unexplained or inexplicable. Yeah. Uh, no, like I guess I don't, I, I wouldn't be, I, I think I would lean more toward maybe the fact that the government did something it wasn't supposed to. So I'm not saying the government was going all, um, Dr. Frankenstein. But I wouldn't be surprised if you have some, like Rob kind of said, it's a blend of, you have some some poor owl that's maybe a little larger than a normal owl or eats, it, it has like, it's in bay, it rubs around toxic waste or it was born from or that. Or it was somebody testing out some equipment. Yeah. Like some, um, what, what did I hear recently? Um, halo jumpers in like, um, you know, like the squirrel suit things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. How's, what's, that what's that to do oh. with an owl? No, that's what it might have been. Is the a is person? the eye is the eyes where somebody in the like had been diving oh. down, and had the you know had the had the stuff in the the goggles to help light the light you know. So what you're were, saying yeah. it's just somebody doing an ooga booga 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 on a bunch of random people in a town in West Virginia. Well, there's okay. There, there's a ton of also. Th- oh my gosh, I'm digging myself deeper into just being <laughs> a complete lunatic. Um. So there, there's also a ton of conspiracies about like that us and the Russians were trying to play, you know, psych each other out games with crap like that and testing stuff and trying to make, you know, other people seem just completely paranormal and stuff. There, there's, there's a whole thing about Roswell being staged by the Russians and everything, which, yeah, I'm, that's that's a deep well there. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's something I've heard, too, is that maybe this whole thing was was just a misidentification of some military doing testing and that's why the the men in black showed up or to kind of try to distract from it yeah again i i think this goes down I, without saying whether it's true or not i think it boils down to um if you only i know i've said it before to rob if you only knew half the stuff the government did you wouldn't sleep at night yep mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's my opinion no, I, I saw. I just thought of that as you guys were saying. I was like, "Oh yeah, I should ask them." You know, with with everything presented, how believable is this? 
Right. No, that's a it's a good question. Um, maybe as a retort, as something that just pops into my head, how many Mothmen do you think there are? Do you think there's only one? Not enough. <laughs> well, considering that actually Virginia, I mean, I have these these fun little books here, um, the monsters of different states. I got West Virginia and oh, Virginia, yeah. and Virginia does have some slightings claim to it. Like I said, Chicago has had claims to it. So I kind of find it hard to believe that it's one creature, but also it could be very easily misidentified. I hate to put it in the whole owl thing, but I do agree with you that owls are not something seen often enough that people probably might mistake them for something else. Cause I'll admit it right now. Uh, I think I've seen an owl maybe less than 10 times in my life. And I live in places where they are known to be, and I've never seen them that often. So just, just, yeah, I'm out there. <laughs> as I mean, it's something where I'm sure I wouldn't mistake it, but at the same time, who knows hearing some weird crap out in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden seeing some, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, now, now I think that's it, Zach. I think that's all my questions. Well, that's it. <laughs> all right. So after every cinematic segment or episode, we ask ourselves, "What sort of snack do we eat during this?" Um, Zenger was only here for the latter two parts of this, but I think this is where the meat and potatoes of the story are, or the episode anyway. So, Zenger, what sort of seg- what sort of food would you eat for the Rain Boy and the Mothman Unsolved Mystery segment? Two separate items. Uh sure. Okay, for the Rain Boy... If you, if you can combine them into one thing that works for both of them, you get bonus points. But oh, no, 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 no. I, I think I'll just drink an Aquafina. But I'll, I'll have it in a spray bottle. So I kind of missed it on myself and see if I can get any in my mouth. When I'm watching the Rain Boy, because I figure that's how... Or, or maybe may I'll just put a sprinkler in my room and see if I there can... There you go, you drink, and you drink, and you don't have to have a cup while you're watching. You just drink, you just go, you just open your mouth as it gets, it's in the yeah. air. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right, so you eat something for the Mothman, or? Uh, this is weird, and it's something that I, I kind of have to relate back to the Mothman Festival. Um, there is a local place out of, I believe it's Ohio, that makes a um, kind of dipping thing, dipping sauce stuff called Buffalo Dip. And it's got a buffalo where it's got, it's it's like a really, it's, it's basically, um, hot sauce uh dip and it was delicious and they had a little stand there and when you get it you get a commemorative little sticker on the bottle that says you purchased it at the mothman festival oh neat so that was something i got i'm looking forward to buying it again when i'm there even though i can order it online have it shipped it was just really cool to meet them and everything and that stuff is delicious on everything (laughs) that's what i would eat watching the mothman because of like i said weird transitional things with that but I guess if I had to eat something else, um, chicken wings? Two on the nose? <laughs> All right, Rob, what would you eat during this? Oh, man. So uh, I really like the, the set up the sprinkler idea. I think, you know, you eat anything while you just have water raining down constantly on you. You can't go wrong. Um, because I would imagine that's how the rain boy has to eat. All his food is pretty soggy when he's sitting in his prison cell. Um, the other thing that jumps into my mind, though, is about a segment we talked uh, near the start. We talked about the blob, and I think, of course, you have to, you know, eat something Jello related that you can barely tell what it is. <laughs> and if you can get that to spray from your sprinklers and rain down on you, that oh, that man. just might be it. <laughs> As for the Mothman, um, 
I don't know. Can you can you eat moths? I've people. <laughs> I've seen people eat like there's candied bugs and stuff. I'm sure someone out there is eating moths. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like they'd be dust covered for some reason. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would give it a shot if I ever had you know some some good moths to try. I wouldn't want to eat one that's too big though. You know, I've seen some giant moths and that would be off putting. Like, like a bite sized moth, I could get behind. <laughs> I'm going to say for the Mothman, you eat a child, much like how you you uh, <laughs> offer or sacrifice your children to the Mothman for a uh, safe passageway. You eat a child um, for the the skull. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it a different in the same vein as Zenger did. Um, a dehu or not dehumidifier, a humidifier. But you have air. You have water so much in the air. You never have to drink water because every breath you take, you are hydrating yourself so much. That you don't have to drink water at that point. That's just how much you have like 40 humidifiers at once. Like, imagine like the rainforest <laughs> times like 100. That's all I want. We're like, there's so much water in the air. I like it. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> I like the stunned silence. That's the best part. Um, for the blob, if you can make some sort of like, like Rob said, not to steal from his again, though, but like a gelatin, but you inject like, like oh god like super tiny like meat particles into it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um for skull and white hugger, bloods and white blood cells right <laughs> well i think that goes without saying and and for skullduggery um i don't know like if there's this is gonna be the easiest one but kind of like i don't know i like guess candy skulls like if that's such a thing like uh there's gotta be some like dia de muertos like candy skulls Kind of like yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm actually going to vote with having nachos while staring outside your window at a bush. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I'm not on for that segment, but I did watch it, and that's kind of my response. <laughs> isn't that what people were doing when they found it? <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever meal or whatever appetizer they were partaking in, and just you know, a skull caught their eye. That that's the meal to go to. <laughs> How are we getting this episode, Rob? Uh-huh. Well, we got my uh, my my poor poor rendition of of the unsolved mysteries theme. I think we might want to stick with that. Do we have any others? No, I think that's it. Is it okay. going to be played backwards? Yes. Love my reversed reversed renditions. <laughs> We'd like to thank Zenger for coming on. It's nice to have two experts in a row. Actually, Woo! not in a row, but two per uh, series. Yes. And and you can find Zenger on the Zeng This Podcast, but you cannot find him on Knights of Vader because he will be thrown... Oh, oh crap. Um, We haven't announced that yet. Oh, never mind. Oh, Don't, no. You didn't hear anything, Zenger. We'll definitely be seeing you when this airs a month from now. <laughs> oh, God, no. He, he almost found out, Rob. He's getting replaced. By who? Someone more angry? Actually, we have a Mothman fan. That, we have a Mothman <laughs> that actually likes Star Wars stuff. We're bringing the we found out the Mothman likes Star Wars, and we're bringing him on. Oh come on! <laughs> unless you unless you can prove that you're more Mothman than the Mothman Zenger. Dang. I don't know what to tell you. Blood test. Good, you had a good run. I was about to say. Oh, it was a good while it lasted. <laughs> Oh, my God.